0: This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks. This podcast is a member of the Voices of
1: Wrestling Podcasting Network.
2: Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by David McDonald. It is Thursday 29th of December 2022. This is episode 240 and the last episode of the calendar year 2022. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all our listeners. Uh, Steel O'Neill says, absolutely basic any year question, what's your 2023 wrestling resolution minus the book of trip to Japan for wrestling 18?
3: Yeah, hi. Hi everyone. Happy Holidays Uh, my wrestling, uh, hmm. you know what it is? It's to reconnect with people that I have intentionally fallen, uh, by the wayside. I feel like that. So you're going to rejoin the discord then? No, I don't think I'm ready for that (laughs) (laughs) because those people are maniacs and they don't like me. Um. No, I mean, I think they don't like you. They don't. They don't. Joel, you can't tell me they like me. They don't like me. They think you. No, they don't. They don't. They think I'm old and decrepit and they don't love me. I don't know. We're going to make a poll right now. I want to make a poll. Do Do you you love Damon or not? And I guarantee you. I'll tell you what. If you put that up there right now, I guarantee you over 60% would be like, nah, don't like him. All right. I'll do it. All right, do it. Do it. Um, but that's my that's my wrestling resolution to uh, reconnect on on things and people that I may have pushed aside um, for various reasons, right?
2: Not you, Joel. No, you'll never be able to push me aside. I'm going to be there clinging onto you like a limpet foot. Forever, you're my golden ticket. Hey, you're my golden ticket, Bell. Let me tell
3: you something. Can we just hug each other and hold each other? Maybe, maybe with your hairy chest, make out. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a very hairy Absolutely. chest. Absolutely. I
2: mean, again, and then the fact that we've reached the end of a year and are still doing this stupid podcast oh, is something worth celebrating. Some how many years is it been now? It is amazing, isn't it? That that we do still five, do five that. years. Oh my god, you gotta be kidding me!
3: Like, what are we doing?
2: Even. Through all this pandemic horseshit and me yeah. having two kids, yeah. uh, hey, I didn't have a uh, I didn't have a child this year, so that's something to celebrate as well. Yeah, hey, good job by you. The right, I, Manny was popping them out.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's a third kid, but it's on mine. Um
2: Well, yeah, then there'd be certainly be some questions asked. Yeah, but here's the, the, the thing, uh, though. Medical procedures I've had. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, like, I don't like. Do you think you've had any?
3: Like, like, have you had a Duran Duran moment with this podcast? Like, a, like, just someone coming up to you and being like, oh my God, Joel, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I, when I say someone, I mean a female. No, nobody's come up to you, right?
2: Yeah. I, when I went to Dominion
3: yeah. in 2018,
2: yeah. so bear in mind, this was when the podcast was still relatively fresh. Uh, well, it was a, a male and a female. It was um Sean. Friend of the show, Sean, who came up to me while I was in the Starbucks outside of Sapper Joe Hall, and uh, him and his partner said that they were listeners and fans oh. of the podcast. So, how uh, at that moment I knew I was a massive uh, international <laughs> <laughs> celebrity superstar like, and look, I,
3: I had to keep it going forever. You're like, I do a podcast, let's do a threesome,
2: <laughs> that'd be great, you know. I mean, in, in, the, in the DMs in Twitter with uh, some of the best wrestlers on the planet, you know, that's David, true, David. And I'm not gonna
3: lie, like, every time you send me a screenshot, I'm like, all right, I think, I guess we're doing something right. Like, I, here, again, I'm not here to pump chests and do victory laps and all, but. it's
2: for yourself. Oh, I am. That's <laughs> the only reason I'm here. <laughs>
3: right. But it is amazing. Amazing what we have done with this show and the amount of, I'll say, active in ring performers, uh, will text us and talk to us and, and give us a good word and all that. And that's pretty cool. I mean, not for nothing. I mean, that's, that's
2: very cool. I, I find it absolutely stunning that they could give a solitary shit what I would think about a wrestling match. I mean, you- well. Well, here's the thing. I well, mean, you've actually wrestled. You've taken a bump, so you know you know what it's like. But, but <laughs> well, I'll tell you this: I don't give a shit what I think about wrestling.
3: Because here's the thing: one, um, pro wrestlers just by nature are very vain; like they want that approval. Um, and two, look, I'm not going to sit here and and and, and pump our chests, but like we're really, away, we're really fucking good. <laughs> We're great.
2: At true. I mean, I have said that to you off. Yeah, there are some mornings where I've, the alarm's gone off and I've woken up, you know, 4am, whatever, like, what the fuck, you know, to yeah. wake up and talk about fucking road to tackle or whatever and thinking, why are we doing this? But then we start talking and when the show's finished, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're pretty Yeah, that's here.
3: why. Yeah, because we're great and funny and lovable. And if anybody wants to just make out, just, sexy? Yes. Well, I don't know about sexy. I'm 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 quite overweight right now, but but I'm very. You want to cuddle? I'm your guy, right? Come on.
2: And yeah, they're very cuddleable, extremely horny. Yeah. So get in there. <laughs> right, right.
3: If you're a girl, just slide on in into Joel's DMs and be like, <laughs> yeah, I'll be your agent. I'll be the filter. <laughs> Yes, please. Yes, and send pics, please. N- none of you dopey guys. By the way, ha- I don't think we've ever had a uh, sexy photo sent our way, have we? Uh,
2: well, that does lead me on to our next segment of the show. Oh. But f- from listeners, uh, I don't believe so, now. We've oh. <laughs> never been solicited sexually as a oh. result of this podcast.
3: I don't think we made it then.
2: Uh, apart from the erotic fanfic, but I don't know if that counts.
3: Hmm. No, no, I need pics. I need pics. I desperately need pics.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listeners, wait, wait, if you're listening, dick pics, please. So. No, not those. I don't want those. Those, are, I am not interested in them. I'll take them. Really? Just out like, pure <laughs> curiosity, or anything.
3: Right, measure yourself up and be like, oh. Under shooting under I'm shooting.
2: talking exclusively to the wrestlers here. Yes, if, wrestlers. If you are listening, please <laughs> send me a photo of your penis. Oh, just so please. We will.
3: Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll crop out any incriminating uh, evidence. Uh, but if you want to send dick pics, we'll send it well, out. i have got
2: the biggest. Yeah, I'll, I will make the Super J Class wrestler of the year. I will fiddle with the data. <laughs> yeah, we'll fuck the
3: fuck the votes. Who cares about that? We want to see your dicks. Come on. What do you say? Oh, what a day today! (laughs) I'm just gonna—I'm not gonna lie, dude. I went to—I so I like—I went to lunch, and I was just like, "Eh, I'm I'm just gonna go to the bar, and I was there for hours, and then I'm hitting up like old girlfriend. Oh, (sighs) I'm a mess
2: right now. Just just to check in on them, just to see how they do, because you're you're kind of sensitive, man. Look, it's a holiday. I want to
3: make sure everything everybody's good and. Can I just share a quote with you? This is a good quote. I'll share this if I can find it. Here we go. Let me see if I can share this with you. Um, all right. Let's do this. Uh, and I quote, I am. Hello, s- fresh. Is it- <laughs> this is the quote. I am sorry I was mean to you, but not on purpose. Just young and stupid. It was me. Not you,
2: how about that? Um, yeah, so thanks very much for that. Um, <laughs> oh, I was trying to think of a wrestler, I was gonna put a wrestler who's been mean to us, but no wrestlers have been beat to us, they all love no. us and think we're fantastic. Yeah, thank you for that. Reddit, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Reddit all right, where are we going today? We have a busy, 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 busy bee show, right? You want sexy pics, David. I've got you covered. Mm. Let's talk the NJPW Concurso. Here yeah, it is. Have you heard about this? The bodybuilding competition. Bodybuilding competition. Yes. So Daryl says, I know we're at the eve of the biggest show of the year. So my question is, have you seen this shirtless docky pick? Who knew that this wow. guy has that body? Yeah. Now that's my biggest takeaway. I, I don't know if you've seen the winners. I've got the list of the winners here, but <laughs> you may remember, uh, was it last year? Or I think it was last year. The, and then a six-man match that combinate with Doki taking his shirt off in front of the Korokun crowd yep. and he, he didn't have the best looking he didn't have the best looking body. No. And in New Japan, a company where they are they are big body guys. I mean you've got to have the look if you want to get the big push. This guy has been fucking working out, hasn't he? Yeah. Look at him. Yeah. Absolutely ripped and jet. And I'm not joking, like that could be the difference between an IWGP Junior Title Run or not. So having seen how fucking good he looks now, I'm saying it now. He's going to be winning that junior title next year, maybe a bit too early. I don't know. He
3: great. Uh, all right, here, all right, cool. Let's go through him because I got Tanahashi here. Uh, he looks great. He looks old, but honestly, that back shot is like ridiculous muscles, right? Kojima has drawn in abs, <laughs> which is, I can respect. Uh, Honma looks uh, – look, Honma looks good. You know what I mean? Like, he looks incredibly over-tanned, but, like,
2: muscularly wise. <laughs> he looks like one of the like the zombie hollow enemies from Dark Souls that have no skin. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, sort of shriveled, knotted <laughs> pink in you. That's
3: what he looks like. <laughs> just, just over-tanned and just... Alright, Toguchi looks a mess. I'm not gonna lie. And a ridiculously small penis, right? I think you would agree on that, right? Maybe it was cold. I hope it was. And here's the thing. Like the bot like he just looks like he looks like he better eat vagina because he doesn't have the the penis to make it happen. (laughs) But we know he's gonna eat
2: Well, (laughs) Well, That's true.
3: Right. There you go. Uh Wato can get up the street. Um Giotto Giotto looks weird. Like looks like it's like photoshopped or something. But for his age he looks good. Uh yo, yo looks good. Not gonna lie you, looks good. Nakashima. Um, I don't know. Not. I don't think he's winning this one. Uh, is it what is it? Oya. Um, legs are unbelievable. Uh, Vegeta great. Doki looks great. I gotta be honest with you. I think Doki looks outstanding. Tamatanga is trying hard. He's looking good. Clark Connors look like he, looks like a gay porn star. <laughs> 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 he does. That is not. That is that is just a very uh, look. There are guys jacking it to Clark Connors as we speak.
2: Uh, My hand is <laughs> still unconsciously <laughs> still working its way downwards.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> Alex Coglin looks Photoshop. Like the the waist looks Photoshop. But if if it's not, God bless him. T. Chan, oh. Uh, T-town looks. We've had a lot of nice things to say about t penis over the years. Yes, of course. Um, I would I, like Doki looks great, and it might be just like the backlight and the um, the way it's shot. It looks like a million bucks. Not gonna lie, it looks like a million bucks.
2: So, who would you pick as your winner? Doki, Doki. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I would have picked him as well. He actually came in. Uh, oh, I deleted the results. Oh. <laughs> Second place. No, the winner, the winner was Tama Tonga. So we had a first really? place Tama, then Doki, Yo, Linderman and Fujita. So Tabatonga Tonga walking away with it. But Doki, number two, that is, that's a clarion court. I mean, nailed on future yeah. champion there. I mean, Tama, Tama looks good. I'm not going to lie.
3: And, and, and it looks like, you know, a huge, not a huge difference, but a, a big difference between what he was and these pictures. Looks good. He really does look good, but I, like, Doki looked, like, honestly, if you told me that was Doki, like, if he had no mask on, I would be like, there's no, who? Like, he has, not only does he have a six-pack, he has this fucking weird abdomen muscle on the side that looks pretty amazing. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna say this being that You know, got a couple of men in me. Um, I think he might be the Doki. Might be, and I I would be happy with a poll. The sexiest New Japan pro wrestler on the roster. Like, imagine if you're a young lady. Wow. Yes. Imagine if you're a young lady. And him in that mask, uh, that wild persona, and that body. Holy shit. Gonna rock your world. Go rock your world.
2: I- I'm going Doki. Yep. And especially with all the goodwill coming up for the uh, recent Suzuki Goon events, yes. I think. Could be a bright future ahead for Doki. You know, he's not the youngest guy. How old is he? Is he 30? I think he's 106. He's born <laughs> 31. <laughs> he's born in 1991. He's so 31. So, yeah, I mean, pro wrestling status, that's not that old. So. Oh, it looks good. I think, let's do it. Let's pull the trigger on Doki in 2023. Oh, before I forget, let's plugs right. If you haven't already voted in our end of the year awards poll, please do that. That is pinned to the Twitter page. And have a read of my insane secret Santa piece that I wrote about a, a brilliant Mako Satomura versus Akira Hokuto match that I'd never seen before, and it just it blew my mind. It was so incredible that I wrote one of the most ridiculous pieces of writing that I've ever churned out in my life. I right. read it back after some I can't. I can't say this to Rich. It is, on, this is. too much. It is that
3: was, and I texted you. That is honestly one of the funniest, well-written, just like let's hook you in in the beginning, and we're just going to see how this ends to the end. Um, piece of writing that I have ever read. So honestly, if you have not uh, logged on to Voices of Wrestling, and Read this. It is at the very least hilarious, and at the peak, maybe one of the best reviews of a, of a match I've ever
2: read. Was, I'm very flattered. I'm, I'm glad that someone actually read it. But yeah, it's just one of these. I wrote one last year for the Secret Center and just reviewed the match, and I was like, "Fucking hell, this is this is boring. This is terrible. No one actually wants to read stuff like this." So uh, I just let my uh, insecure mental health breakdown play out on the page, oh. which uh, <laughs> obviously made for good content there. Um All right, let's move on there. So we've got a lot to get through. Speaking of uh, uh, sexy bodies, Me. did you see one uh, Bronson Reed, the artist formerly known as Jonah, popping up back in WWE?
3: I did. Um Look, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's disappointing, I think, to many of what could have been, but I can't blame the dude because I think that was always the end goal. and he He played his part well while he was here in new Japan, and it was fun it was great, but at the end of the day we kind of all knew that that might be an option, especially with uh big big Paul uh running a show now, so a little disappointing, but uh we always have the memories. <laughs> We always have the memories of Jonathan
2: Yeah, I mean, what a moment that was—the uh, match in Osaka. Yeah, which was a clap crowd, but the crowd was so thrilled by the prospect of this monster coming off the top rope and squashing the hero at Okada that they just they they lost their shit. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. And Phil writes here and says, "How would you have booked John if he stayed with New Japan? I mean, I think they booked him perfectly as it is, and I think the way they booked him to me indicates that." They had a pretty good idea he was going to be leaving at the end of this run anyway. They knew he was, he wanted to go back to WWE and I'm sure he was honest about that. So I don't think this is like a great betrayal or anything. I don't think the New Japan office would have been shocked by this. And I don't think there's anything wrong with getting in a guy like Jonah on short term, do a little story, you know, have him, the, the incoming monster destroying your hometown hero and then a little story up where the hero gets his win back at the end. I thought that's perfect. Yeah. That's what pro wrestling used to be all about with all the territories of that. So I don't think it's necessary to lock down every single talent you have working for you to, to long term contracts. I think actually it can be a good thing in a lot of ways to have a guy coming in just for a you know, fresh, exciting short run and then they go after us. And look, the door's open, I'm sure, if he ever wants to come back, if it doesn't work out at WWE, which Who knows? There's no job security there. He could he could moonwalk back into New Japan at the end of this run, and the fans would be excited to see him rather than him sort of being downcycled and working smaller feuds. There's plenty there on the table for him. I would have loved to see him work Naito. That was a big one I wanted to see. But um, yeah, I don't think you know if you put gun to my head and said, "Have I? Have we seen the last of Jonah in New Japan?" I would say probably not. Yeah, probably not. Um, And I think.
3: I think people get all worked up over guys leaving and like, it's not 10 years ago. It's not 20 years ago. I think we are in a completely different time where guys working for one promotion can talk about and reference another promotion or another wrestler that's working there. And, and I think there's going to be a little bit more fluidity, um all around. Um that's that's a good thing. That's a that's an exciting thing. Um the days of locking guys down to exclusive contracts. I ah, do I don't even know if you need that at this point.
2: Um and can you Japan afford to do that as well. They're not no. it's so hot financially are they? Yeah. I mean look, they have a
3: a uh Bushy Road conglomerate uh that,
2: you know, helps no but all the money's gone on Mercedes Venada. That's it. <laughs> There's nothing left in the budget. I'll tell you what though. Look, as yeah,
3: as as weird as as it is for us doing a new Japan Pro Wrestling podcast for as many years as we have, like the fourth is going to be exciting. Like between her and Kenny, and like there are things that are in the pipeline that like have it will we'll have casual fans back on board I, I I mean I I don't know if there is an a, a a more vocal fan base uh between the two you know between, between Sasha and between Kenny I don't think there is they're they're both maniacs in a, in a very good way and I mean that in a very good way but yes they're passionate. Um if that equates into buys and subscriptions and, and buzz and sharing of online images I'm all for it. And
2: truth be told, I'm I'm very excited by the prospects of it. Yeah, me too. As long as a uh, fucking T V go nuclear with everyone <laughs> sharing all this excitement. Yeah. Uh, Alright, well us. here's something else that – this may be exciting to you. Uh, they had the recent New Ujima show where we had the Shibata Tom Lawler match. Uh, spoiler alert: Shibata won that match. So uh, who knows where that might lead up? Uh, New Japan were promoting it, I, and again, we we have big question marks over what's going on with Shibata. My working theory is that it's insurance related. I think you know the fact that New Japan are promoting this stuff means that I don't think they have any ill will towards Shibata working AW or working this uh, Gary Ujima match and doing uh, things of that nature. But that again, that could be the only reason I could think of why they wouldn't use it. But hey, maybe that will change. But the interesting thing here was one Kota Ibushi attending the show live and uh, according to photos, sitting with Kidani and Obari. So do you think there is any fire to this smoke, David? Do you think things might have been smoothed over or do you still expect Iposhi to be going on to greener pastures when his contract's up? I mean, that's a good sign. I,
3: I know, that that's, a, that's to, to be able to sit next to a person that you feel has done you wrong is a huge step. Can't dispute that. Um, does that mean he goes back into the New Japan fold? I don't know. But... Um, it could be the Yokohama show. It could be a, an Ibushi comeback show. Look, I think... I think everyone listening to this, uh, and even not listening to this, wants that to happen. You know? Wants him to return in a big spotlight. <laughs> not
2: our Discord.
3: Well, <laughs> our Discord hate Ibushi more than they hate you, David. <laughs> really? They don't like... Why would you not like Ibushi? Seriously. Like, he, look, look, uh, look, people get hurt by what other people might think are just hand wavy comments. Like, I mean, you know, he, it, it broke his heart. He, his heart was broken. Um, I hope, I, I hope. I hope that they reconcile. I hope that they make amends, not just for my pro wrestling viewing pleasure, but he's an incredibly talented guy who can add uh, incredible levels to any program. Like, I don't, I don't, why does this court hate them? Why, tell me why. Tell
2: me why. Because they're a bunch of contrarian oh. bastards. They, oh. they wouldn't acknowledge that. I love them, but who are terrible people? Can we fight them? And- Can we
3: fight our own <laughs> Discord? <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong, Discord. By the way, Discord to run. Okay, go.
2: Uh, okay, uh, let's move on then and talk about Suzuki Goods. So, we had the uh, pair of shows at Karako and Hall, the Road to Tokyo Dome. And the main one I want to zoom in on, of course, is the Friday, December 23rd main event, which was Takamichi El Desperado, Lance Archer, and Minoru Suzuki versus Doki, Kanemaru, Taichi, and Zack. So, I finished with Zack pinning Suzuki after 90 minutes, 11 seconds with his Zack driver in what was Suzuki Goods' final match. So, a very emotional moment with some really touching tributes both in-ring and, and backstage with guys on the microphone, various members of Suzuki talking about how much it meant to them to be a part of the group. I think it was notable that it was Zach who got the pin uh, before he hit the Michinoku driver, oh no, the Zach driver sorry, on uh, Suzuki. He said, thank you Suzuki, before smashing his head into the canvas, which was nice. So uh, they're done, dangerous techers are done, they go their separate ways. Um, we're a bit of controversy about the fact that this was a clap crowd show, but I don't really have a strong feeling on that because whilst it would have been nice for it to be a cheering show, I think it's also important that they open up that event to as many fans as possible to allow people the chance to see it in person and and say goodbye to Suzuki and to all those, you know, loyal fans that have supported them over the last three years. I think so- suddenly, you know, halving the attendance might have been a bit of kick in the teeth for them. But, you know, I I don't I'm sitting on the fence there because I can see both sides of the argument there. Uh, we had a great pop at the end where Isaka came out and got his own fingers back. <laughs> that was the one thing that got the <laughs> loudest reaction from the whole show. Uh, Lance Archer, he was furious backstage. He's very angry at being underutilized in a W, uh, he might have backtracked on some of that, but he says he wants an IWGP shot, and yeah, he was he was fired up, and it made me think, you know, maybe you should stick around in New Japan. They seem to be using him better than AW do, who you know they've got a, a huge roster, and I could certainly see a place for Mark Saito in New Japan next year. Uh Question from Clem Fandango: Yes, I can hear you. Clem Fandango says, uh, who do you think will benefit most from the end of Suzuki-gun, and conversely, who do you think will be hurt most by the dissolution? So, David, be it, your thoughts, please, on uh, the end of
3: Suzuki-gun. Sam. It's uh, and it felt like it was very quick, you know. The first we've heard of it was it felt like just just, just mere weeks ago, and then uh, here we are. Um, I love them. I thought that was one of my favorite factions. Um, I I think Lance Archer, for a Christian gentleman, has a potty mouth, <laughs> a lot of f bombs backstage. Um, I, look, I don't know what that, what this will look like in a month or two, like what faction or how that's going to look or who's going to be involved or any of that. Um, but this was a, it's a, more than chaos. This was a faction that could go either way, heal, face, uh, and deliver. You know, and I and I almost like them more as kind of like that somewhat babyface um faction. Like when they would go against Bullet Club, stuff like that. Uh I worry about the Dokies, I worry I do worry about the kanamaros I do worry about um even Lance Archer to a certain degree. I mean the the promo gives you a little bit more confidence that they're going to use him in the future, but like it's those kind of guys that you just like. Okay, so what does that mean for these people? Um, I think Despi will land on his feet, and that's you know, no problem. I think uh, Zach again, Tai Chi as well. But um, I think I think we are in an age where everything that we are somewhat used to and has been the norm in New Japan is look. We are we are turning a page. And I think that's that's from top to bottom um, with New Japan, and and yes, it's exciting. Yes, it's the idea of of change is scary and and somewhat unpredictable. But I, I gotta be honest with you, I think I think we need it, and I think it's a good thing. So um, I appreciate the fact that they had the balls to do that.
2: Yeah, I'm just looking at the roster now. I'm I think Zach and Desby will be fine. I think they're sort of stars in their own right, and they, they may act- actively benefit from this depending on what the outcome is faction-wise. You know, maybe there's a new faction. Uh Doki, I think, conversely, I think he may benefit from this by having the sort of dis- Suzuki dissolution goodwill as a little extra story for him. You know, him being the last member to join and the fortuitous circumstances by which he joined, I think that's got a nice built-in narrative, and I think he's made himself so popular with the fans now that I think he... I, I think he will benefit from this. I'm worried about Kanemaru, yes. I'm also weirdly worried about Tai Chi, and I hope I'm completely wrong about this, but I'm not sure the company love him as much as I do. I'll get on to talking about Tai Chi later when we talk about Takataichi Mania, but I could, you know, would I be shocked if he is a guy that gets sent over to all Japan to do some work for them in exchange for, I don't know, Jake Lee or whatever? Would it shock me? Cause I don't know if this, the company are really behind Tai Chi in the way that I hope they are, but, uh,
3: that's yeah, a shame. I hope
2: I'm very wrong about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, I feel like he's
3: like one of those people that are I, don't, I, I can't even say diamond in
2: a rough. Like, there's no rough. <laughs> Two fucking writers. Like, yeah, I've got a whole, a whole spiel to go on about Tai Chi, so I'm going to save it. Okay. Um, this is actually a nice transition to the JTO 50th anniversary for Taka Tai Chi together. The last Taka Tai chi, which, you know, as sad as we are to see Suzuki go, I'm really sad to see the back of Taka Tai chi Mania because they've been, you know, laying the shows on quite thick recently, but they've, they just don't miss. They've been so fantastic. And, this show was no exception. Um, how much of this did you see, David? Uh, I think the last half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just quickly go through just little thoughts I had. So I started watching from the Tomoka Inama defeating Su- Suzu Suzuki match, which, yeah, really fantastic. And I'm not a huge uh, Joshi expert, by any means, but I can imagine that start would be after both of these wrestlers. They're both only 20, uh, but still fairly experienced with that uh, young age. So, yeah, we may see them in stardom in the future. Who knows? We also saw uh, Doki and Suzuki defeat Junkasai and Tomwaki Hodma by referee's decision. It's just an absolute fucking bloodbath, this match. And, I, and I'm going to miss Takataichi Mania, not least for being able to put on weird, disgusting matches like this that just look Bizarre on paper, but turn out to be absolute bangers because yeah. of the crowd and just the absolute sickos involved. Give me, give me a Suzuki versus Honda singles match in 2023, please. I think that would rule. And Honda, you know, for all people talk about his lack of mobility, he remains one of the very best at, at, at getting the crowd invested in his matches with, you know, relatively little sizzle there. And, uh, the, you know, the term psychology gets thrown around a lot these days. I think a lot of people don't really know what it means, but I think Tomo Akihoma is still an absolute master at it. Getting the crowd on side and having them living and die by every little moment with his, you know, selling his facial expressions, his emoting. And just the tremendous post-match visuals here of Suzuki looking like an absolute psychopath with blood streaming down his face. That actually makes his funny faces look truly demonic when he, he's pissing blood at the same time. Yeah.
3: Look, these are experts to me. Like, Like, just watching this match, you're watching pros. Um they don't have to do crazy shit they don't have to do um complete nonsense like they're doing relatively relatively um safe stuff yet you're into it you're 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 invested um and again these are these are people that mobility wise probably are not at at the top of their game but um they're pros and they're able to hook you in and take you for a ride. Um, I don't want to say better than you know others, but it's still great. It's unbelievable. And yes, these shows are some of my favorite. Um, just because if it, it, this is a perfect example, and, and and this match is a perfect example of. Let's remove, and, and not to say that New Japan has these, but even, even a small bit, let's remove handcuffs. Let's let them do, um, what they do best. And this was it. You know, this was, again, we're not talking about a classic match. We're not talking, but these are pro wrestlers doing pro wrestling things that I don't often I'd, I'd be hard pressed to 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 name another pro wrestler that could do the same things that they can do. It's it's it is a magical thing. And, and um again, you don't always need all the moves with a Z. Sometimes it's something as simple as, you
2: know, jabbing a the... fork into your head. <laughs> yes.
3: Yes. Relatively safe. But yes.
2: Okay, we had a no-disqualification tag team match between us. Suzuki Goon, El Desperado and Lance Archer, defeating Damnation, which was MJ Paul and Daisuke Sasaki. Was it Daisuke Sasaki? Was it Gambare, Ace, Harashima? Who really knows in this, you know, crazy, busy, moving damn age? Who knows which wrestlers you're actually watching in the ring when they're having a wrestling match? <laughs> but, uh, the takeaway here is Despy said that if he wins at Wrestle Kingdom, he wants to give Daisuke Sasaki a, uh, a title shot in New Japan or DDT or Freedoms. So Ginkenshin, uh, leaning into the, the humor says, where do you think the Despy versus the Hiroshima match is going to happen? They pretty much sat a no DQ match on the Takataichi Mania show. So where does it happen? Uh, uh, I can't see it in DDT. I would... Mate, I, a, a freedom's death match between uh, Despy and Dasuke Sasaki would be a lot of fun, because I don't think... You know, I, I think Despy's got that devil in him. He likes to have those matches from time to time. And I was going to say New Japan don't like doing that stuff. They did it in the States. You know, Despy and Mox had that pretty bloody death match, so maybe they will do it in New Japan. Maybe they'll surprise me, so... Uh, yeah we'll wait and see on that one Uh we had a best out of three falls match with Hiromu defeating Takumi this is best out of three falls the gimmick being that Taka would win one million yen if he kicks out of the nameless Hiromu roll at any point and Hiromu would get one million yen if he kicked out of the Michinoku driver two at any point and they both did that so they broke even in the end and Hiromu says he is going to use the Michinoku driver two at Wrestle Kingdom and he's going to get the Hiromu driver two so keep alert for that as a little lord nugget uh, any strong feelings the those two matches, Damon? Oh, it was a fine match, but yeah. I mean, is anybody like, oh my
3: god, the draft. <laughs> you know, I
2: draft? Don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal. You will be now, dear listener, now that I've uh, circled that one for you. You'll see it in the match and you'll go, have that Joe, Joe said, do pointing that out now? Then the <gasps> match will have a whole <laughs> extra layer of, of meeting. Really? <laughs> How are they going to say Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, main event there was a, a, a New Japan King of Pro Wrestling title. Last Man Standing Lumberjack match. Uh, Shigo Takagi defeating Taichi by KO. 29 minutes, 39 seconds. Damon, the, the who's who of great matches. Tiger Mask versus Dynamite Kid. Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair. Brett versus Owen. Misawa versus Kobashi, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. You can now add... Taichi versus Shigo Lumberjack Texas Deathmatch for the Provisional KOPW 2022 title to that auspicious list of matches to receive the full five stars from a friend of the show, Dave Meltzer. So this is going to go down in history as a a truly legendary match. And look, I I enjoyed this a lot. And to be fair to them, I think uh, one of the things that Dave really liked about it was they stuck to the stipulation, the the Texas Deathmatch, where you... Pin a guy for the three count and then they've got the ten count to answer oh, the bell. Uh, you know, a bit clunky. I don't really like the, the ten count last man standing match, but they did stick to it in an authentic way. So well done to them for doing that. I think they've had better matches, but this, it was still tremendous. I mean, it's always great to watch these two guys. And, and I think KPW has been really good this year between Tai Chi and Shingo, their work rate, their creativity. Uh, let's talk about Shingo for a bit because there's nothing for him at Wrestle Kingdom. He says he won't be at the dome. He says he's done with KW. Uh Andrew writes so says this. Shingo said after Takataichi, he won't be appearing at the Tokyo Dome show. Do you have any information? Is this some sort of angle with a disgruntled outsider old men like Shingo and Taichi, a quid pro pro with AEW? Just de-emphasize the odds. Or, or, I was just throwing in my own theory, which other people have suggested, maybe this could be the start of takagi good. Maybe he's going to lead his own faction of mm-hmm. disgruntled people who have been left off the Wrestle Kingdom card. So, Dave, uh, your thoughts on this match, and what could be next for Shingo?
3: Yeah, we don't know. Um, and if we uh, listen further with our – we haven't mentioned it as of yet, our – Wonderful. I know, know. I was
0: just thinking that what a <laughs> terrible
2: job I'm doing. We've got a fantastic interview lined up with uh, the great Kevin Kelly. I don't know if we'll put it at the beginning of the show or the end of the show to force them to listen to the along. I, I, I say we
3: force them to listen to us. Nonsense. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is incredible. Um, and he, even he was just like, you know, it, you know, they uh, – and I use the term a lot of steak and not much sizzle, which is Great, but that does mean some people have to take a uh, a back seat, and some people may may not make a show. Shingo being one of them. Um, I think he'll be there. He'll be at the dome. Um, he's not going to sit in his fucking PJs, you know, watching soft core porn. He's going to be at the Tokyo Dome. Um, in what capacity? Well, it looks like Rumble for now, and then maybe KOP. Um, W, nonsense. Um, do we think that is a good spot for him? Probably not. Probably not. He's a, he's a very talented gentleman who I feel at the very least should have a singles match, but okay. Again, it is what it is. And we're going to, uh, go with what we're going to go with, which is not a bad show at all. Um, the future, I wish I could tell you, I, I, I honestly, I think it's more, um, King of pro wrestling stuff. Um, and again, a challenge maybe here and there throughout the year, but, uh, I don't want to say a backseat, but maybe a backseat uh,
2: in 2023. Yeah. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to give him his own faction. Yeah. There's, there's a hot take to you. I think he's uh, talented enough, experienced enough, he's got enough leadership skills that they could do it. You know, there's enough guys sort of floating around on the roster who either don't have a faction or don't really fit in their current faction that uh, I think they could do a really good job of that. So I'm saying yes to takagi I don't know if that's something that they're going to pull the trigger on at Wrestle Kingdom itself. You know, maybe Shingo comes out after the main event to beat up, uh, let's say, Okada, if Okada wins the main event, to, to set up something for the next Wrestle Kingdom or future down the line. But uh, yeah, I think he's way too talented for them to just leave him with nothing. And I think the, the way that he's been talking makes me, again, think that there is no smoke without fire there. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're just, just looking back on this show as a whole, Attack of Taichi Mania as a concept. There, there aren't any other shows that deliver the, this mix of in-ring quality and hot crowds and, and genuinely real moving moments that Attack Taichi Mania did. And this show was a, a genuinely emotional touching tribute to all the people who've supported the, the pair of them on this journey, uh, particularly the friendship between Taka and Taichi. And in their own words, they said they're a couple of bums. They're, they're scumbags who made it further than they ever expected by Carving out a small but dedicated niche of fellow sicko followers, uh, David, I can't help but see a lot of myself and you when I say all of this. Uh, they're an extremely relatable group. Of course, not comparing our success with that of uh, Taka and Tai Chi's, but just a the, the, the similar energy, I think. Of you know, just a pair of surly dickheads who maybe did a bit better than they thought they were going to do. And, and look, we have got to do this. I have to do this. Let's give flowers for Tai Chi, who to yeah. me has been. The real leader of this faction for the last couple of years. And uh, like I said, he might look at first blush like a, you know, grumpy dickhead. He, he absolutely is, but there's so much depth to him. I love his quiet stoicism, his, his self-deprecating honesty. He's always, you know, taken to piss out of himself. He's gracious in defeat. He's unwaveringly loyal. He's got a wonderful dry sense of humor. His creativity in these KOPW matches, like particularly that 30-count one, which was tremendous. That's going to be one of my matches of the year. Uh, his his nerdiness, you know, he's into the sumo and the video games, all the little reference he puts his in. Uh, puts his. The, the care and the thought he puts into, you know, silly little things like the Iron Fingers Law, all those wacky YouTube videos he's done. He, he puts over everyone else. He makes everyone else look like stars. One of the best promos in the company. In Ring, you know, he can absolutely do that top-tier, Ishii, Shingo style that all the casuals love, but he rarely gets his props from the more ignorant circles of the fan base. You know, you know the, the people who dig their heels in with smooth brain takes from 2017. And like I said before, I'm worried. He's never going to reach the summit of this company. But holy shit, does he absolutely deserve that. Becoming, I mean, to me, the realest babyface in the company. It's such a, a, a sincere and heartfelt way that can't be faked. You know, there's real authenticity there. So, big question mark. I mean, what does 2023 hold for Tai Chi? I don't know because there's no Suzuki good, no Taichi mania, no Miho. He says he's done with Miho Abe. Oh, there's no, no dangerous Texas. So, he he says he's going to be lonely good. So, again, I'm very worried and excited in equal measure. I hope there's something big for Taichi in 2023, but I really don't know because he's not a young guy. What is he? He's 40 years old, I want to say. So I'm scared, David. Talk to me about Taichi.
3: Yeah. I mean, look, I don't think there's any one wrestler in New Japan that has turned the tables on fans like him. Like, Like he was a guy that was a fast, an easy fast forward an easy skip um, I get where people kind of hand wave the gimmick and the, all of it um, but like in the past two or three years he has been dare I say not only non-skippable but really damn fucking good um, and everything that you mentioned like he's done during a pandemic and clap crowds and all of that. Um, I don't know what, like, it is exciting. Change is exciting, um, but I don't think anybody truly knows what's up for any of them. I don't know why they have to, like, was there an explanation of why they had to stop these shows? Like, the,
2: you know, like. No, they just, they said they want to go their separate ways.
3: All right. All right. I mean, look, just put on a mask and. <laughs> Just pretend you're. Um, these shows are some of the most enjoyable shows of the year, hands down. Um, they have a nice mix of great wrestling, brawling, uh, nonsense, sentimental stuff. Um, I will be sad to see those shows go. I am excited. Although I don't know what the future holds for people like Zach, Tai Chi, um, Doki, all of them. Um, hopefully they have something in the mix. Hopefully they have some plans for him. Hopefully they have something up their sleeves. But yeah, I mean, the Tai Chi, I think is one of those people that made the most, like they gave him the ball and he, more than ran with it he uh ran for a touchdown that's my sports analogy thanks uh but, but but he is uh without question a a like he he should be a big piece in new Japan in two
2: thousand twenty three here all right, uh, we're, we're an hour in and we haven't talked to some Wrestle Kingdom oh yet. My so, Lord. I, I think it's been a, a lot of important stuff. I think all that stuff we discussed, including the body booting, was really important to get to. So, here we go: uh, Wrestle Kingdom 17 in Tokyo Dome. So, we're going to start with the opening match one, which is a three-minute time limit exhibition match. So, Ryohei Oiwa versus the debuting Oleg Bolton, or Bolton Oleg, as they're calling him. Uh, as much as I would like this to be uh, Oleg suplexing Oiwa so hard that he shits his pants of winning in 10 seconds, I think this is most likely gonna be a three-minute time limit draw and we're just gonna get to see uh Olive Bolton display some of his uh grappling skills. I don't think we're gonna see anything too uh dramatic yet. I hope so.
3: I mean I hope it's a, a little bit of a showcase for him. Um three minutes is not a lot of time. That will go very quickly. Um I mean hopefully he can get an impressive spot in or two and you know make an impression that way. But three minutes is that's that's uh, seriously in front of a crowd that's just filing into the stadium, a cavernous stadium. That's that's a tough ask.
2: So hopefully he has a couple of spots
3: uh, that they have planned for him that can uh, wake people up from coming into the arena.
2: An uh, opening match too is the KOPW twenty twenty three right to challenge New Japan Rambo. So a few changes here. First of all, wrestlers will be entering from the ramp rather from the sides. Uh, we're going to have the four finalists of this match, wrestling, uh, four-way match at New Year Dash to decide the winner of the brand new, uh, KOPW belt. So they change it from a trophy into a belt. A <laughs> few changes here. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think Shingo's going to be in this one. No. I think he says he's not interested in it. He says he's not doing KOPW anymore. I don't think he will be. Um, give I me mean, the four. There's plenty of people left off. Oh, uh, oh, Christ. Um, Come on. Okay. Let, uh, uh, Evil. Okay. Tai Chi. Okay. Ooh, I'm trying to think who else has been Chase, left the Owens. Uh, Ken- Chase Owens and Kenta. That sounds good.
3: That's not a bad. I mean, it's bull- club, club heavy, but that's not bad. Like, I feel bad for um, like, look, again, you can't shoehorn in a million people, but and nothing's been announced. But like, Kenta, Kenta was literally ten minutes away from my house. Wrestling on a CZW show. I did not go. <laughs> I couldn't care less. Um, Robbie Eagles. Um, I mean, there are plenty of guys that have, you know, put in their time during this pandemic. And I, I hate to see them rewarded with just a rumble. What about Ishii? You think Ishii's in the mix?
2: Oh uh, yeah, I forgot he's not on the card either. Yeah. Let's, let's throw Ishii in there instead of Kenta.
3: Okay. Okay. I mean, but, but here's the thing. Like these are names that we have said numerous times on this show that, you know, they're, they're in a fucking rumble. I mean, it is a little bit crazy, but yeah, there are a lot of names in that, in that rumble. Do you, are you expecting any guests, any surprises in the
2: rumble? Yeah, I mean, there's always a few, aren't there? Um, you know, they'd be wheeling out people like Cheeseburger and uh, Kakihara. <laughs> people like they've done in, in previous years. Maybe they get Scott Norton back. Who knows? I'm going to go Bob with Bob Sap. That'd be fun. Okay. Oh, Bob Sap. you a little bit, Bob? I'm
3: going to say, and again, I, I'm literally pulling that this out of my high-knee hole. How about. Sting! Sting!
2: That would be fun. Yeah. i would be into that. Yeah. I think it's probably he's I don't know, he feels bigger than appreciating New Japan Rambo. I forgot about Yano. Yano's not involved in anything else. He's he's got to be in that four, hasn't he? Joe,
3: there's a ton of people that are like I mean Fale, Chase, um uh, let Finley, right? Is Finley on the show? No. Um there are a ton of people. That are not on the show. Shibata is not on the show, surprisingly. <sighs> but yes, uh, I think. Uh, but I think they have a couple of Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb. How about Jeff Jarrett? <laughs> what? Great O'Connor. Great O'Connor. How about Aussie Open?
2: Man, there's so many people now. <laughs> right. thinking about it. it's quite obscene the number of people that have been left off of this card. I know it
3: is. It is pretty. Amazing! How many people are not like
2: have they don't have a specific match? Um, okay, oh, man, we got to, we got to reassess our final four then. Okay, right. I'm thinking all the people that have been left off. I Go am going to say Ishii, Greatokan, Okay, Evil, and Taiji. I'm. Uh, it's coin flip between Taiji, what, what about Fantasmo? Right. What about Yano? Well, I've got. I've got to actually make a prediction here. So I'm going to go Ishii, Tai Taichi, Evil. Right. I think that'll be really fun. Actually, really fun four way. I'm down for that. I'm down for that. It is
3: amazing how many people are not in that mix. But yeah, it is uh, a a, a uh, what's the saying? The uh a plethora of riches. Is that the saying? Help me out. I got nothing. An, an embarrassment of riches. There you go. That's I like that.
2: I like that better. Okay. Uh, then the final opening match is the Antonio Inoki Memorial Six Man Tag Match, which is Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, and Togi Makame against Tiger Mask, Minoru Suzuki, and Tatsumi Fujinami. Now, I I do wonder if we may see one or more of these wrestlers retiring uh, in 2023. I'm certainly looking at people like Togi Makabe. You know, does he need to do this anymore? Yuji Nagata, he might want to take a back seat and you know do more of his uh, coaching and training stuff at the dojo. But uh, in terms of picking a winner here, it's difficult. I mean, I'm looking and seeing who is most likely the pin eater here. Mm-hmm. Could be Taika Mask. You know, he's the only junior. Uh, I mean, Satoshi Kojima, he's still actively involved in high level lower stuff, so I would say he probably picks up the win here after lariating Taika Mask. So not a bad pick. Uh, and, you know,
3: they they, they do like to uh, make sure that the veterans are taken care of on big shows like this. And, again, Tiger Mask is still that junior. So, yeah, that's not a bad pick. So you don't think we're going to see Fujinami taking an exploder suplex? <laughs> I don't, I, I'll tell you what. I'll set the over-under at, at – I'll give him the benefit of the doubt at 70-something years old. And I will set the over under at four bumps. Four flat back bumps from Tatsumi Fujinami. Okay, all right. Here you go. Who's takes more bumps, Fujinami or Makabe? Oh, that's great. That that is a great prop. Whew. Um I bet Fujinami. I bet Fujinami will take more. And I will I will lay odds on that. If anybody wants to take those odds,
2: send nudes and those odds, too.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh dear. Okay, so moving on to the main card then. The first match is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with the champions Francesco Acura and TJP. Catch 2-2 taking on the winners of the Super Junior Tag League, Leo Rush and Yo. This one, I think it's going to be a great match. Cannot wait. You know, give these guys 15 minutes and they're going to tear the house down. Just a perfect way to open a Wrestle Kingdom. Very excited by this one. The match they had in the Tag League was fantastic. This one could be even better. Uh, it's hard to pick a winner here because I love Catch 2-2. I think there is a lot of value in them keeping the belts. But I just think with them going through all the effort of bringing in Leo Rush and having him win the tournament, I think... There might be the temptation to put the belt on him, and I'm not. That would be a pretty good move, I think. So I'm actually thinking that chaos with this. I say Leo Rush and Yo will win the titles and you know, give Leo Rush some shine, some showcase as a champion, leading into him entering Best of Super Juniors uh, later in 2023. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally okay with a title change here,
3: um, and and that's not saying that I haven't enjoyed everything that we've seen in, in the past. Six months um the idea of a title change though it feels like does provide more opportunities for fresher matchups and and maybe a, a little bit more uh, unpredictability with those titles um I'll say it's a successful title defense um but trust me, I have no problem with uh the titles changing hands here and, and no doubt this will be nonsense personified, <laughs> you know? This'll be a a car crash squared. And I think it's a perfect opening. High paced, um you know, balls to the wall, we're doing crazy moves just to remind everyone it's Wrestle Kingdom time.
2: Alright, our second match is the IWGP Women's Championship match with the first champion Kyrie in a first defense against challenger Tam Nakano. I can't see any other outcome here other than Kyrie successfully defending and then Mercedes Bernardo, Mercedes Monet, whatever she's calling herself, coming to challenge for a future event. I hope so. I mean, I think that's what everyone,
3: when it, here's the thing, if you're a stardom person, you are super pumped for the idea of this match right from everything that we have been told um this is one of those matches that it's been in the making for a long time and then to add this extra layer of anticipation to have um you know arguably the the most popular female performer in the in the United States um showing up and challenging um I don't think that there's any negative or anything that I could sit here and say, this is a bad idea. I think it's an incredible idea. Um, I've said it a million times that like the former Sasha Banks, Twitter following are some of the most passionate and um, you know, they are into <laughs> they are into her. Um that being said, I hope that they and I when I say they, I mean that that pocket of of pro wrestling fans. Um I hope they stick around for not only that hope that angle, but for the rest of the show. Um and I, I'm curious as to their reactions to everything because let's be honest here. I would say that that, that demographic skews a bit younger, right? They're probably in their teens and twenties. Um, I can't imagine it being them being much older than that. And if, and if they were able to stick around for New Japan. Um, and stardom, I think it's a great thing. I think it's an unbelievable thing. Now, is it going to be worth what they're paying her? We'll see. We'll see if, if they stick around. Um, that's that's obviously the hope. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be it. It Twitter will t- Twitter will be on fire. Like if she shows up and challenges.
2: Yeah. I mean, the logic is sound, isn't it? That, yeah, they are going to be paying a to get the services if she, if she is actually going to appear a wrestler for them. This is only uh, rumours at this point. But uh, the idea being that all the fans come over, they watch her, and then they see how good stardom is and all the other excellent wrestlers they have on their roster and stick around to watch more of the product. And, you know, the IWGP women's title was created purely for stuff like this, you know, for these big showcase events that you can run on big New Japan events and run abroad so to get people dipping their toes in and thinking, wow, this is good shit, and then tuning in for more of the startup product. So uh, the the concept is sound. I can totally see the logic of it. And I think there's a real push this year, and for this event in particular, to try and not just win back some of the lapsed New Japan fans, but bring over some fresh fans. And, you know, a, a lot of these fans who have followed Sasha Banks's WWE career... Would they have seen wrestling of the the caliber that Stardom put on regularly? I don't think so. You know the the, the high end Sasha Banks stuff was excellent. Don't get me wrong. Like I've followed, watched pretty much all of her top end matches and I've loved them. I think she's a fantastic wrestler. But some of the Stardom stuff is next level. Getting the chance to see someone like Sasha working against the very best that Stardom have to offer, I think, is going to be way above anything that the you know the, the Vince WWE cookie cutter match layouts will be able to deliver. So. It's a very exciting opportunity there for for Stardom and for women's wrestling in general. I think there's a, a lot to be excited about there. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, again, once again,
3: let's let's remove the handcuffs and let them be who they want to be and and perform in the ring how they want to perform. And we've seen it from a male perspective countless times with New Japan, um, where you know they re- they. Take off the handcuffs, and you're amazed by, you know, what they can do. And, and and I'm hoping that this is the case. And look, even if half the audience comes, even if a quarter of the audience comes, Stardom is going to feel that, you know, in their bottom line. So, I think it's a win. Hopefully, it's you know, it equates what they're paying her. But I think it is. I think it's. I think it's absolutely worth the invest investment. One thousand percent.
2: Our third match is the IWGP Tag Team Championship match with the champions FDR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood in their third defence against the challenging team of Bishamon, the winners of the World Tag League, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. This was quite hard to call, uh, because, you know, I do think there's money on the table left for a potential FTR Aussie Open rematch, but I think that will come later in the year. I could see that being safe for something like a Forbidden Door too. So I think Bishamon win this match, and then I think later on in the year, Aussie Open, beat Bishop for the titles, and then we do get the Aussie Open-FTR rematch, but with Aussie Open as the defending champions rather than the challenges.
3: Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you. Um, I don't know if FTR, you know, just having a slumping, you know, I say this, was, uh, a slumping end of the year, but it does make the most sense to have the titles here. I hate the fact that you know, they are out of sight, out of mind when, you know, other teams, other, uh, other, and I, and I quote, non-New Japan teams win titles. <clears throat> um, we've seen that countless times. I'm losing my voice. Um, yeah, I think there's a title change here and I think, uh, I think the match will be great, honestly. And yes, I think down the road we'll see, uh, a rematch um that arguably will be in a lo- in a lot of
2: people's um match of the year. Okay, the fourth match is the NJPW World TV Championship tournament final with Ren Narita against Zack Sabre Jr. Now I know the build up to this has all been everyone on the red hype train, and rightly so, and I think this will be the perfect vehicle for him to launch himself into the upper echelons in New Japan by you know, winning this inaugural title and big showcase like that. But, you know, with the dissolution of Suzuki-Gun and Zach picking up that pinfall at the end, I couldn't really complain if they put it on Zach either. You know, Zach having these 15-minute showcase defences that go up on free on YouTube and everything and people all around the world could watch it that would be really great as well. So it's really hard for me to pick a winner here, and I don't think there is a wrong answer. The match is going to be fantastic, I'm sure. I think it's going to bring out the best in both of them. You know, we've got the nice sort of synergy there, the, the echoes of the fact that Zach had that grappling match with uh, Shibata... Uh, was that last year? God, it feels like about five years ago. Right. Uh But now wrestling his protégé in the form of uh, narrator. So, you know, there's a lot going into this one. And yeah, I don't think that there is a wrong answer in terms of who wins this one. But uh, I'm leaning towards Ren narrator. I just think his style the this sort of smash mouth in your face, high pace, high intensity style that he was wrestling on strong. You know, his whole strong career was built around doing these sort of sub-15 minute violent matches. Uh, I think that's the direction they're going to go. So I'm picking Ren here. Yeah. I mean, I would have no problem
3: going either way. I mean, there's a lot of bonuses with if, if Zach wins um and having Ren Chase or 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 vice versa. I don't think there's any problem with that. Um again, I kind of mentioned this when we were talking with Kevin, but it's it's it feels like a card that is significant in the sense that you you should probably plant a flag. Um, and use it as a marker for your continuing fandom in new Japan, because, um, this match along with others, um, kind of speak to that. Um, I love the fact that it's, that it's, you know, we're not looking at, you know, the, the time limit is, is, is a help and not a hindrance. Um, prediction wise. Ren is probably the way I'm going to lean. I would have no problem with Zach winning um, his first singles titles in, title in New Japan, but I'm going to go Ren, yeah,
2: because I think it's that's crazy, I, isn't it? It is crazy. He's been with the company since 2017. That's not won a singles title yet. I mean, he's got two New Japan Cups to be fair, which I think are sort of pretty up there when it comes to accolades. But you know, we don't want to be thinking of him as the, the English Hiroki Goto.
3: Yeah, I don't know if anybody.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, I would agree
3: with that. But again, I, I, I am, I am under the firm belief that this is a show that is there to help make some stars, and I think that would be a great catalyst for him.
2: Yeah, I mean, if they're serious about this uh, directive about pushing younger talent faster than they normally would, then yeah, this, this is where you're going to see it. All right, fifth match is the never open weight championship match with the champion Machine Gun Carl Anderson oh. in the third defense against the Ch- challenger and newly crowned Concurso winner Tabatonga. I mean, this has got to be a Tabatonga win. If Carl Anderson wins, fuck me! Like, whoa, what is this company smoking? And I want some. Uh, I mean, the only this is. It looks like the piss break match. Um, I'm hand waving it to be honest and I hope I'm wrong. I hope Carl Anderson makes me eat crow and that they go out and have an absolutely killer match and I come on the podcast next week and say, look, I was wrong. I take it back. I apologize Carl. You put your working boots on there and put on a, a tremendous match, but believe it when i see it david
3: yeah whatever you do just uh tweet out something using his name so he can vanity search it, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fuck it. these wrestlers <laughs> just hanging on to it, every single word <laughs> seriously <laughs> i don't have my stupid mouth <laughs> oh um look uh
3: and again we will you will hear it later on as we uh, discuss with the great kevin kelly about uh carl anderson and um not to let the cat out of the bag but you know Kevin was kind of shrugging his shoulders, thinking, like, here's a guy that has a track record, and he... Well.
2: No, he doesn't. There's no track record. What have you, What's I he done know. for us lately? I don't was the last know. time we had a good match was fucking 2012. That's when. Yeah. That's the problem with it. He's putting on boring matches. And yeah. Went out there, shot the bed with Tanahashi, sleptwalked through the Hiko match. I like to see good wrestlers trying hard to put on entertaining matches for the fans. I like good wrestlers having good wrestling matches. Maybe he's a good wrestler. I don't know. I've not seen any evidence of it in the last decade, David. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, that's the complaint that these matches stink.
3: Yeah. I mean, yes, that is a thousand percent. And, and again, when we talk about people that are in a fucking rumble, um, that have worked through a pandemic and have, you know, been there for the company. Here's Carl Anderson, sleepwalking his way through a 10 minute match you know for for you know what was once you know a decent title it's garbage now um yeah i trust me i don't get it i am i understand the idea of bullet club founders and you know they were their ogs and all of that Carl Anderson does nothing for me now, if he shocks the world and it, he and Tomatonga have i'll take I don't even want great I just want solid good you know something that's like uh, that didn't waste my time watching, I'd be pleased with that um and and, and that all depends on you know to me depends on carl um i hope that they have enough friendship and enough chemistry and enough all that to to make that happen but
2: yeah it does yeah that's that's the one same grace the the fact that carl hopefully has enough respect for tamatoga not to phone this one in okay but with that said can you say the same thing about fucking hiroshi
3: tanahashi Sure. You know okay. what I mean? I'll take it back. <laughs> right? I just, like, it just leaves you scratching your head. And again, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe this is all part of the master plan, but, and I hate the idea of people telling us, oh, well, he's, 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 he's the smartest pro wrestler there is, man. He's going there, getting money and then, you know, take it. Fuck all, it's stop. Stop that. That's, that's preposterous to have that as a take. But, it's out there. Look, the best I can hope for is a, is a solid, good match. That's all I'm hoping for. If there's anything more than that, if that's icing on the cake,
2: that, that'd be great. I'm not holding my breath. Alright, sixth match is the Keiji Muto alleged last match in New Japan. So we've got Shoto Umano, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Keiji Muto against Bushi, Sonata, and Tetsuya Naito. So, um, this, you know, allegedly Keiji Muto's last match. I would not be shocked if they find some other way to drag it out and make the Yokohama event about him with some sort of singles match. But the real intrigue here for me is the interactions between Shota Umano and Tetsuya United because yes. they were laying that on really thick during the road two shows with Shota. Desperate to get the attention of Naito, Naito is just looking past him as if Shoto was invisible. And Shoto get more and more angry that you know Naito would to, to acknowledge him and uh, take him seriously. So to me, that's the program coming out of this. I don't think. I mean, Bushi's there to eat the pin. Let's be fair. So the only question mark is, is he there for the vanity pin for Keiji Muto or is he there for the pin for Shoto Umano, who is then you know staring daggers at Naito and setting up a, a hot, sexy Shoto Umano versus Tetsuya Naito program early in 2023. To me, that's the direction to go in here.
3: Yeah. And look, uh, we can't just hand away the significance of this match um, on on multiple levels, right? So we have a, you know, fresh-faced, and I don't even want to say young lion, but, you know, someone who is a a step above, ready to capture the torch, uh Hiroshi Tanahashi, who is not in a singles match at Wrestle Kingdom, um, and a, and a, an absolute legend that is retiring. And then and then on the other side you got Lower Single <laughs> Ronomelist, you know, who you know mean a lot. Hall of <laughs> Wrestling Observer News Hall of Famer. Yes. The United <laughs> United. That is correct. Um so I don't want to downplay the significance of this match because it is a dare I say, a massive match um, on on all those levels. Uh, yes, I think Boosh is taking the fall. Yes, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, shining wizard time and, you know, one, two, three, away we go. We we leave on a happy foot. Um, but again, I just think it's amazing how, as long as we've been doing this podcast, you know, the idea of Hiroshi Tanahashi, Wrestle Kingdom, not in a singles match, I think to me, that is the, that is the loudest factor in this match. To me, that is the loudest. Um, yes, we're the idea of passing a torch. Yes, the idea of a legendary retiring, but like him not in a singles match at Wrestle Kingdom is a, And again, high profile, big spotlight match, obviously. It is a little bit weird that that's where he's placed.
2: Okay, here's another question for you. So you may remember earlier in the year when Keiji Muto, quote-unquote, put over uh, Keito Kimia, and Kimia had to literally run down down the ramp and chase Keiji Muto to get him to acknowledge him, bow to him to get the... the the seal of approval, the pat on the back. Do you think we get that here between Keiji Muto and Shota Umino? Will we get Keiji Muto raising Shota Umino's arm and saying, this kid is the future Mm. in a way that he did not do for Keito Kiyomia. I'll
3: tell you what, you have a better chance of Hiroshi Tanahashi doing that. And for modern pro wrestling fans, I think that's more significant.
2: I really do. Um, I mean, that would be a great visual, like all three of them. So, show to Udo in the middle, right arm being raised by Tanashi left arm by Keiji Muto. You know, what a great visual signifier of saying this kid is the future.
3: Yeah. I think, again, when we talk about plant a flag, um, this is one of the reasons why. I mean, I think when people look back on this show and see that match and where we go in 23 and 24, I think this is, is going to be one of those you know, moments that kind of solidify that path.
2: That's it. I mean, I want first to be coming away from this show, talking about Oleg Bolton and Red Naruto, and Show to Umino. That's what New Japan should be trying to achieve. And, and I'm sure that's what they'll be going for uh actually let's talk about Naito a bit so Andy says any predictions for Naito in the year to come uh Eric says in the last episode you acknowledged that Tanner being in a multi-man was an indicator of how things are moving forward but you didn't overtly say the same for Naito although maybe that's just my wishful thinking is his time at the top over or is there another hurrah so there was a great tweet from our friend Chris Sampson who said Tetsuya Naito finished 2022 with the most matches in New Japan with 133 and the most overall total match length with 31 hours, 11 minutes and 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Now I couldn't put Tetsuya Naito on our year end award ballot for unsung because he's in the wrestler of the year ballot because he's been so fantastic doing these top tier programs with Okada at the start of the year and with Osprey at the end of the year that, you know, we talk about h- him as you a know, guy potentially being down cycle, but they are leaning on him so heavily to be providing not only in quality, but also as a draw, I think. But he's sort of done it in a very sort of quiet, low key way, where he's been there to put over Okada and Ospreay in incredible matches when it matters, whilst taking none of the glory himself. So he's very quietly, you know, turned into the workhorse of New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is incredible, really, considering the reputation he has among the more ignorant circles of the Western fan who are being, you know, hanging on by threads injury wise and being lazy. I mean, this just is demonstrably false isn't it? What what does,
3: yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, I think the injuries are, are something to be taken into consideration with all of those numbers. I mean, he, look, I think everybody knows the, the, the troubles that he, he has had in recent years. Um, yet still he is that Ironman, that, that, that workhorse. um, I can't necessarily say that every single match has been great, but when the spotlight has been brightest, he's absolutely been a you know, he's been there to to capture a moment. Um you know, I don't know. Uh like I don't I don't think this is like going into 2023. I don't think we're we're hand waving night so at this point. But I'd be curious to see what his involvement in uh helping these younger talents um gain more spotlight is. Now, whether that's a feud, which again okay. we've been kind of a little bit teased to um or or what that looks like, I don't know. But but again, him and I think Tanahashi, and even to a certain degree, um, Okada. You know, these are people that, and Okada's relatively, you know, relatively young. Um, I'm I'm curious as to see their position in helping the younger guys get over. And I think Naito is going to be a big, big factor in that.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, we just talked about Shota Umano. That is, to me, that's Texas United's job for the first half of 2023. Yeah. Get Shota Umano over as a start. You know, I mean, he's had the Osprey program. I think the Osprey program is his sort of overarching uh, Kikuchi feud. You know, the one where he loses and loses and loses and then finally wins the big one. You know, we could see some sort of uh, scenario where as Osprey finally overcomes Okada as his final boss and wins the IWGP world title maybe at next year's Wrestle Kingdom for the sake of argument, then in the future it is Umino who's dethroning Osprey and Osprey being Umino's final boss. But certainly to get him on that road, to get him cooking in 2023, I think that's the role being given to Naito, to work with Umino, make him look like a star. And he's absolutely going to deliver in Spain, I'm sure, because Naito always does. One of the most unselfish workers in the whole company. Hall of Fame. That's why he's a Hall of Famer, yeah. Snap. Alright, uh, now we have the seventh match is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Four-way with the champion Taiji Ishimori in his second defence. His second defence of this title. Unbelievable. He gets Master Wato, El Desperado, Hiromu Takahashi. Now, I think this is one that a lot of Western fans are sleeping on. And um, I think this is going to be crazy. Like, these four guys, so creative there's going to be some absolutely insane spots in here i think there's going to be a lot of humor in here you know i'm not saying it's going to be a comedy match but just the way that they delivered it that incredible tag match at the back end of the last year that that sold this match for me before i was having it. after watching that tag i was like no all four of these guys are great the chemistry between them the stories between them the individual relationships between them i think is going to deliver in spades here and the fact that this has been positioned as you know if we are saying that the the two matches above this are double main events, then this is technically your semi-main event. So they're going to get plenty of time here. I think it's a great spot on the card. It's very high, uh, a great opportunity to showcase these guys. And, you know, I've said before that this is a show all about elevating the young talent like Bolton and Narita and Shota Uvino. One name that you can add to that list, Master Watto. And I think if you take Watto out of this match and replace it with, I don't know, just for sake of argument, with something like Robbie Eagles, with all the love in the world for Robbie, it would be fantastic with Robbie in there. I think you would lose something narratively. I think Watto is the one that made that incredible tag match work because he was like the butt of everyone's aggression and jokes. You know, everyone was just treating him like shit and punking him out. And then he finally snapped at the end and just, just started laying into everyone, including his own tag partner. And to me, that's when I started really thinking about Watto and the year that he's had. Uh Janice said, what do you think of Watto's 2022? I think he really turned a corner for me. And I know I might be on an island with that, but I think after watching that incredible tag match and seeing his output, I thought, no, this is a guy who's grown into this role. He's much more confident. And I think this match could be the Watto coming out party where the whole match is built around making him a start. You know, he, he's, he gets beaten down and abused and humiliated by the three guys who are not taking him seriously. But then we have this little self-contained narrative within the match where by the end, every single one of you are rooting and cheering for Watto because they've done such a good job getting him over that you are on the edge of your seat willing him to win this junior heavyweight title. So that's what I think we're going for. I think we're going to come away from this match thinking, Master Watto, our next Star of the Genie Division. Um,
3: I will let it be known, and I will show my cards. Um When it came to my least favorite wrestler within our Super J-Cast year-end awards, which you can vote right now, Um Watto. Master Watto is high on my ballot. Uh He... Doesn't do a fucking thing for me. Now, that being said, we have a four-way where, once again, we can kind of hide his weaknesses and expose his strengths, which is pro wrestling 101. Um, I think that those three guys are some of the most talented pro wrestlers on planet Earth. And if they have any job in this, I would say it would be to make Watto a star. And those three gentlemen can do that. Um, I am very apprehensive of a 2023 with Master Watto leading the charge. But, but if anyone can help. A lot of fans turn the corner on master Watto. it's those three um he has to look strong he has to look uh you know i I say it sandpaperish uh he needs to continue that um and he needs to not only be able to sell for everybody and I think that's important but he he does need to feel. I don't I, I don't know if dominant is the word but like he needs to look like a person who is who who it, it is justified that he is in the ring with those other three. Um that being said I still don't think Master Wato is the future and I would not be surprised if uh Despi or Hiromo more likely um, walks away with that title. Um, or even, you know what? Not, not for nothing. Uh, Taiji Ishimori, Ishimori, um, keeping the title. And again, I've been kind of, I don't know, jonesing for it is the word, but I don't know. I feel like Kushida has a little bit of revenge that, uh, still needs to be settled. So I would not be surprised. If we see that in the relative near future.
2: All right? who's your pick then? I'm going to say Ishimori successfully defends. Yeah, I could see that. I could see, you know, just being absolute carnage between the other three. And then Ishimori just sort of sneaks in at the end with the, you know, the crafty pinfall after all the other guys have killed each other. And then, you know, you have the Watto coronation later in a. Let's see that. They're really clicking onto this Watto thing. I just really want it to happen. But, uh, yeah, alright, there you go. There's the, uh, junior title. The eighth match. The IWGP US Heavyweight Championship mm. double main event. The champion, Will Ospreay, his fifth defence against the challenger. Kenny Omega. There was a, a tremendous interview on the website with Kenny Omega where he compared New Japan to a naughty pet pooping on the floor. Uh, it was a really great interview and I think a lot of his real sort of resentment towards New Japan and everything that happened with, uh was it Wrestle Kingdom 13 where he just felt underappreciated and he felt the fans were really against him. They wanted Tanahashi to win. And that was real. You know, I felt that in the building. I was there with WH Park. We were both cheering for Tanahashi. We were happy that he won. And I think, you know, Kenny still has a, a chip on his shoulder about the way he left New Japan. And, and rightly so. You know, that's what we want to see from these uh, simulated prize fighters. Now, Will Ospreay, despite the fact that I'm constantly reminding people what a cut he is. not joking. I don't <laughs> take it. I'm not doing that at all. I, he's, he's brilliant. We love Ospreay. Uh, I mean, these are... Two of, what, the, the top five wrestlers on the planet? For sure. me, anyway. You know, Osprey probably number one. We'll look at those awards. I haven't made my picks yet, but I think it's it's almost certainly going to be with Ospreay. Kenny Omega, you know, we've not seen him in high-level singles match for a while because he's been recovering from an injury, but he is absolutely up there as well. You know, we know what he's capable of. We know he's one of the best wrestlers in the planet as well. So there's no ceiling on this match, Damon. Now, I'm not saying that I think it's going to be uh, one of the greatest wrestling matches in in history. But it might be. Like, Would it shock you if we came out of this event and people are talking about it with that kind of critical acclaim? Not for me. I mean, the the sky's the limit here.
3: That's scary, isn't it? Like, the idea of of what it could possibly look like, that puts a lot of pressure on those two gentlemen to just do the... uh, unimaginable um but if there's any two human beings on planet earth that are physically capable of producing a match that is you know out of this world it's 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 them um we are we are looking at a match that is for the first time in a long time it feels like like there is legitimate buzz and excitement and dare i say
2: interest in new
3: japan pro wrestling
2: and look i'm sorry to interrupt you, but just, i just had a little moment yesterday where i had the music on my iphone on shuffle and the will osprey tokyo dome entrance theme came on and then i started to imagine that and you know the pageantry of the osprey entrance and the omega entrance and the music and the the costumes and the visuals and i started getting Chills down my spine just thinking about it. I'm, I'm getting them now.
3: Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I don't think anyone will be disappointed. <laughs> you know, I think it's going to live up to the hype that we are giving it. Um, and and on paper, it's hard for me to come up with a match that um, can be that excite exciting here as we approach January fourth. Um, it's got the makings of, you know, the drama, the the in ring, the, um, you know, the excitement, the, um, the idea of 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 sitting on the edge of your seat. I think there's going to be a lot of people that will be very pleased with the outcome. Now, what that outcome looks like, I don't know. Um, but we can safely assume that an a e w partnership for bid door whatever the fuck you want to call it um is still strong and healthy uh i would not be surprised and i almost kind of want a kenny omega win just to let's let's stretch this out let's 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 find a way to keep kenny omega engaged now does that mean that we will see kenny omega with other new japan pro wrestlers in the same ring hopefully yes does that mean that there is a uh, a little bit more sturdy bridge with maybe koto obushi I think people can speculate about that as well.
2: Um, I also oh, pointed out that the uh, Wrestle Kingdom Yokohama colors are the Ibushi colors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Look, um, it's fun to speculate. It's fun to fantasy book. It's fun to think where are we going from here? All I know is this this match will be tremendous and the idea of having kenny omega in some capacity back in the mix i'm gonna be honest with you love it i'm all in for it
2: yeah so glad to have him back and I, you know i know we sort of teased a poke fun at him for his sort of uh more egotistical tendencies but you know that that's Part of this character, dare I say part of his gimmick, but in terms of Kenny Omega, the wrestler, there are very few better than him on the planet. And I think, you know, there's a lot of parallels here with Wrestle Kingdom 12, where Chris Jericho came in and, and helped establish Kenny Omega as an even bigger star than he already was. So I think Omega is going to do for Ospreay what Jericho did for him back then. So I do think Ospreay is going to win, but I do think we will see a rematch. But basically, whoever wins this one, I think there's going to be a rematch that so the other guy will win in the States later on in the year, because I think there's a lot of money to be made from this program, especially when we see what kind of buzz this match. You know, if this we're walking away from this and Dave Meltzer saying this is eight stars, the best match he's ever seen, then think of the buzz that that would create and the you know potential money to be made for a rematch in the States. You know, we're adding stuff to that, like uh, Kyrie versus Mercedes Fernando. You know, it's very exciting times for New Japan to... Try to claw back some of their market share that they've lost over the last few years. And, and I think this is where it starts. This is the main event for the Western fans, I think.
3: No doubt. No doubt. And, and, and it's, it's, it's an exciting time. Like it feels like, you know, a lot of, a lot of times we would joke a little bit tongue in cheek about, Oh, are we back? We're back. No, are we back? Oh, we're back. This feels like
2: we're back. It does feel like we're back. Now, the ninth match, the main event IWGV World Heavyweight Championship match, is the champion, JY in his third defence against the winner of the Greyboard Climax, Kazuchika Okada. So Louis says, what last minute thing could New Japan do to bring some heat to this main event championship title match between Jay and Okada? I will tell you what it's not <laughs> it is lazy tweets being sent out from Jay White. Okay, I'm going to keep that dry. Uh, Elliot says, which outcome is less exciting, Jay retaining or Okada winning? David Bentley Fart says, is a Jay White loss indicative of him leaving the company? Daryl says, what is the deal with Switchblade? I'm seeing more hype press promotion coming from Kenny than from our IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Is there more to the story here? Is he a lame duck or does he just not give a crap? If Jay doesn't care enough, how can the fans? to be expected to and yeah this all those questions highlight the problem with this that it feels like jay doesn't care and if jay doesn't care i don't care you know that that rubs off on the fans and we've talked about it at length so i'm not going to rehash the same talking points but it still feels very very cold as a main event maybe this is something where there's a disconnect maybe the the japanese fans are tremendously excited about this and you know looking forward to okada being the bad guy and going at the end of it and having those feel good moments thinking about Antonio Noki and his passing earlier in the year. So, I think that's what what this is. I think this is just Jay White set up as the generic bad for Okada to defeat. And again, I would love to be wrong about that. I would love for there to be a shocking Jay White win that makes sense and, you know, some exciting angle where we think, oh, of course, we you know, we were such idiots. We couldn't see it coming. It was staring us in the face. Jay's worked us all. He really is a genius of pro wrestling. But I'm not seeing evidence of that yet. I would, again, I hope I'm wrong, but I can't see it. I think this is just an card win. And Jay White, I mean, he's booked, you know, he's all over the promotional stuff for this Battle in the Valley thing. So I don't think it's going to be like, okay, Wrestle Kingdom's over. He's off to WWE. I don't know what the contractual status is he does look and sound and behave like a man who's got one foot out the door, but whether or not that's the case, I don't know. Like, I'm just scratching my head because this is a guy who we talked about at length coming off the end of uh, wrestle kingdom 15 felt like the hottest wrestler on the planet and now ice cold.
3: Yeah. Um, I, I and mean, again, I, I think I said something along these lines on the last show. It's, you know, it's it's a combination of him and the company. Like the company, if they said be here for these dates, I mean, I don't see why he would not be there. I'm sure it's not him hand-waving the opportunity to help build in this. But yeah, it does feel incredibly lacking, whether it's the fact that Okada, you know, wins G1 and then hides the briefcase under his bed. Um I don't know. I don't know. I, I all I know is this is that for what is supposed to be the main event I feel like there is less buzz for this match than you know a lot of the stuff that's going to be on the upper end of the card. Um now when the bell rings and the entrances happen and Everyone's raring to go. I think I think a lot of those opinions will change. But by no means is anyone going out of their way to be like, oh, it's Jay White, Okada, IWGP Heavyweight Championship, Wrestle Kingdom. I don't see that. I see uh you know people tuning in for all the other things that we talked about, and this hopefully being a great match that wins over a ton of people.
2: I think they're going to have to work pretty fucking hard to exceed whatever Osprey and Omega managed to put out.
3: Oh, I, I think it's near impossible. I don't, I, here's the thing. I think they have to go to, in a bit of a, not even a bit, a, a, a different direction. Um, because I think what Kenny and Will are willing to Put out there is going to be it's going to be tough to follow. It's going to be very tough to follow. Now again, Okada, you know, arguably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Um, Jay White, he can go, and I think they can add plenty of drama.
2: Um, I mean, that's like out of sheer professional pride, the two of them. You think that they would be looking at Osprey Omega, thinking, "Fuck, come on, we've got." do our absolute best here and try to make this main event better than that you think that you know that that's what the motivation is
3: yeah and I, I, trust me I'm, I'm sure that is uh that being said it's going to be a tough match <laughs> to follow i mean i think everyone can agree with that um i and, and and i would go so far as to say i think i feel like new japan has something up their sleeves Something to help continue positive movement. Let's put it that way. Um, So I, I think the match itself will be very good. But I also think, and again, I don't know, but I feel that, you know, that's the path.
2: All right. Well, that is Wrestle Kingdom 17 coming at you at the Tokyo Dome Wednesday, January 4th, right around the corner. Gosh, it's really snuck up on us here. Uh, so Multiverse a says, it feels like we have genuine hype going into Wrestle Kingdom. Coming out of Wrestle Kingdom, what do you think will be the big story for 2023? And also, Joel, how did you celebrate Taichi's first five-star match as rated by Uncle Dave? Uh, I-, I went out drinking, I-, I did some karaoke and I raised a glass of whiskey to... Suzuki Kun Boys, so that's what I did. But yeah, what do you think is going to be the big story for next year? Uh, I said, I mean, this is a bit broad, but I think the, the youth movement is going to be the big one coming out of that, if that counts. But in terms of sort of specifics, uh, I think there's going to be a new faction in town. Uh, you know, if I put guns to my head, I think it's going to be led by Shigo Takagi, and I think that's what the buzz is going to be about at the start of the year. I think um, 23 will be about.
3: Uh, increased partnerships and, um, maybe some some more dream matches that, uh, we didn't think were possible maybe
2: three or four months ago. What if it's Ibushigun? Ooh, if he's a leader, what if he does a big heel turn and has come out, you know, shooting on New Japan management? Look, oh, as long as he gets paid for the t-shirts, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't need the money. He's, he's, he's a very rich guy. He said that he's not doing anything for money. Uh, Kevin says, who are you most disappointed doesn't have a match on the show. I mean, it, it's extended to something we talked about earlier, but Shibata, you know, especially after what happened last year and seeing that match with Ren, I think we all hoped that there would be Something built on that, and the fact that there's nothing is a wet fart.
3: Yep, it's it's somewhat ludicrous. Um, yeah, that's got to be up there, no doubt. Um, yeah, so I'll I'll, I'll jump on your bandwagon on that one.
2: Uh, Enigma Bird says, any big wild out there predictions for 2023? You got anything crazy? Any very spicy takes, David? Um. I mean, there is a
3: lot of scuttlebutt, uh, about the idea of, uh, Japanese promotions having a bit of an impact on New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, um, let's go with that. Let's, let's, let's say, uh, not only will there be, uh, additional NOAA interaction, but maybe even some all Japan interaction.
2: Uh, I will say we will get a Kenny Omega Kota Ibushi singles match in 2023. Ooh. There's my crazy prediction. Yeah. Uh, Rob says, Wrestle Kingdom Yokohama Arena. Is this over-reliance on the Wrestle Kingdom brand? And what do you expect from this event? Now, my uh, feeling going into it was that I thought that was going to be the big showcase Keiji Muto last New Japan match. I mean, it still could be Keiichi Muto related. You know, they could say it's a co-promoting event if it is Noah. But... I kind of feel they would have announced that by now. So I have no idea now about this Yokohama show.
3: Yeah, it does feel like a, a, an odd placement.
2: Um I think we'll know by the end of the show, by the end of oh, Wrestle yes. Kingdom, but maybe by the end of Dash, we will have a pretty good idea. So I think that there is some big angle or big story that they're keeping hidden that when they pull the trigger on that, we're going to go, oh, okay, that's Yokohama. That's
3: that's what I, I'm kind uh, of, oh, I'm I'm on that same page. I feel like, Wrestle Kingdom is where it's traditionally the end of storylines. This It might be very similar to what we saw with uh, Naito and Kenta, you know, kind of being a, a launch pad for their feud. I think I think we'll see something along those lines. I could be dead wrong, but I think we'll...
2: All right. Well, please stick around for our fantastic interview with great Kevin Kelly, which will be coming up right after I do the plugs. Uh, so let me find them. Ooh. Now, there's so much of this <laughs> this <laughs> text document I got here with we'll these questions that I never answer. Uh, man, where is it? Okay. Yeah, redcircle.com forward slash shows for slash super dash j dash cast. If you want to throw some money our way, always appreciate especially at this time of year. I bloody love money. So does Damon. Um, so let's keep that rolling in, please. Discord link if you want to join. You can send me a direct message on Twitter. So if you've got no one to watch Wrestle Kingdom with, doing a live watch along in our uh, – live watching channel is always good fun. There's always good banter in there. So send me a DM on Twitter if you want to get involved in that at Cobra Kawaii and ProrestNTs.com forward slash superjcast if you want to buy one of our t-shirts. Uh, massive thanks as always to editor Dan who you can find on Twitter at Lousy Hero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and enjoy our interview with Kevin Kelly. It's the most wonderful time of the year. That's right. It's time for our festive chat with the English voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling, the great Kevin Kelly. Thank you very much for joining us. sir. Merry Christmas. How are you?
1: Merry Christmas, boys. Yes, festive. That's what it is. Uh, It's wonderful. Everything is good. Holidays were uh, great. Uh, Going back to Thanksgiving and then Christmas, uh, it was nice being home and being able to work from home. But... uh, so, yeah, but uh ready to get back at it and get on the plane here very soon.
3: When do you fly out, Kevin?
1: yeah when I you leave fly on out. the leave on the first, okay, so arrive midday second then uh Chris and I are doing a meet and greet thing at Abrietas on the third oh. with the fans who uh came over for the tour package and then uh so that'll be that'll be fun. That's not being televised so that'll just go as long as it goes um. And then uh, chill out at the hotel. Next day, bing, bang, boom, walk next door. Beautiful.
2: So uh, just putting back the curtain a bit, we we're just talking off the air about how uh, it's, been, it's been a strange few years to be a new Japan fan. Some of it has been great, some of it has sucked. You know, we have, we have to be honest about this. But now right. we've got things like travel, crowd restrictions moving in the right direction. How do you look back on the last couple of years, and do you feel we've reached the light at the end of the tunnel?
1: I think so, Joel. I keep, I don't want to jump too far ahead. I've gotten my hopes up that all of this will be over. And if you would have said, hey, Kevin, you know, like we talked about, I think last year, all right, it's going to go a few more months and then that'll be it. It'll be back to normal. And now here we are, uh, you know, the start of 2023 and it's some, you know, uh, crowd restrictions here, but not here. Um, It's been, at first, we were all thrilled to have wrestling back, right? And it give back some sense of normalcy in, You know, in in amongst the pandemic, it felt good to have it back and we were all on board and now it's Jesus, I can't take this silent crowds anymore because we've gotten a little taste of sound and now we want everything back. Mm -hmm. And I think it's made some lesser cards and some less than stellar moments even worse uh, because there's been no crowd interaction. House of Torture to me is a channel changer. Right. And. Their stuff with no crowd noise is rotten. Their stuff with crowd noise is better. Yes. It's still not great, but it's better. It's more tolerable. Um and the but I think the, the absence of crowd noise has been the biggest detriment to people getting into the products, staying into the products, like watching the New Japan show on mute. It sucks. And we've done our best to try to give hope to that on the broadcast side like just saying hey it's you know things are improving we've got the clap crowds coming you know going away soon and the cheering will be back but you know it it needs for my taste needs to move at a faster pace but i'm not japanese government and new japan management
3: can you sense a sense of frustration on that though kevin can you sense a, that in the locker room and with with the guys in, that are that are, are breaking their ass to 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 entertain us can you feel that oh <sighs> Yes,
1: Uh, you you see Jay White screaming at the crowd. You hear Phantasmo as he's walking to the ring. It's it's not a great creative environment for the wrestlers. I've not really heard it too much from the Japanese wrestlers. They, you know, kind of go with the flow. But the foreign foreign wrestlers and we're together a lot of the times they hate it and it sucks and I hate it and it sucks and we want it to go away. We voiced it to management. They're working within the constructs of the government. Obari has been a rock star, though. Okay. He has really done, from from everybody's point of view, he's done not just everything he can, but he's gone extra far to try to get this. It is uh, battling kind of a hypocrisy of, you know, and, and when he went to the meeting with the Government officials and they were like, Well, how can you define cheering? Maybe we should have a separate meeting about what cheering is. Oh. And I would have my head would have exploded and I would have said, <laughs> That's it, I'm done. Right. But Obari, very cool, calm, collected, dealt with it, and provided them with the information that they needed, but then kept asking for the yes. It's not just enough to go, here's the information, please decide when you decide. He was explaining the why. It's very important for fans to have this sense of normalcy back in their lives. And we can provide this to them. We can help you guys with your message and, you know, that, hey, if we all do this together, and, but we get to make noise here and blow off some steam, everything will be fine on the other side. Because all the studies that they showed said there hasn't been any, there hasn't been one case of COVID that's been translated, transmitted via New Japan Pro Wrestling attendance. Right. Right. And even baseball,
3: like, you know, yeah. I mean, they've had a, a full season where they've had cheering. They've had other events where they've had cheering. It does seem a bit odd that uh, there are these handcuffs that are on New Japan fans.
1: They didn't have cheering last year. Mm. It was it was no cheering. And it is dreadful. Right. It is. I love Japanese baseball, but I realized what I love about Japanese baseball is the crowd. Mm. That's the x-factor in all of this between the 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 fan club bands playing in the outfields and the chants for the players and everybody's got a song uh this is it's drier than toast on you know with no noise uh went to a handful of games last year huh imagine the world cup watching the fifa world cup with no cheering it would be boring so um yeah so that's what uh japan is dealing with and the I think a lot of the, you know, folks over there are because you heard it when when they first brought cheering back to Corican, it was like they had never seen wrestling before, (laughs) you know, and uh, they were so excited to be able to use their voices. They used them more than they ever had before. Then we've seen that and we've seen enthusiasm. Um, That's what we you know, that's what we want. We don't want just people. Making noise for the sake of making noise. We want enthusiasm because they're happy to be able to do it, and you know they're jealous. They, I know the Japanese fans have definite FOMO from watching uh, the you know strong events and and the uh, resurgence, etc. Uh, forbidden door. You know they they want that and they don't understand why they can't have it. But they're they're all willing to play by the rules. Whereas America would be like, screw this. I'm right. gonna cheer. What are they gonna do? Throw me out?
3: I mean, that's one of the things that I was kind of – I'm sorry, Joe. I'm stepping all over you. Um, But that's kind of one of the things that I was curious about in the sense that I know we have sections where we can cheer and where we can't. I mean, do you just see – like a great match, people are going to cheer, right? I mean, but are they – do you think they're just so hardcore with rules that they they won't?
1: They follow the rules, man. And, uh, you know, imagine let's go to Philly and let's tell the 2300 (laughs) Arena faithful, hey, you folks (laughs) over here, you can cheer. Scream your lungs out. You guys over here. Shut up and don't think about talking. They'd be stabbing
2: me. Forget <laughs> it. Right. Well, we're all looking forward to it uh, now. It seems like the restrictions that are still in place are so arbitrary that they're, they're not really going to apply to wrestling. So I think we've all got our fingers crossed for uh, a relatively normal sounding Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome. So which, putting aside which is never
1: uh, which is never a great acoustic event. Let's let's be
2: fair because of the dome.
1: And, you know, with the way sound escapes up to the roof, even when it's super loud, it doesn't sound super loud. So, uh, but yes, fans will be able to use their voices.
2: So, setting aside our frustrations with all the pandemic restrictions that have come with it, what have you enjoyed the most from New Japan in 2022? So that could be in terms of memorable moments or any wrestlers you stood out or your favorite matches. So feel free to be as broad or specific as you like.
1: I I said on the, the last few shows of the year that, For me, my favorite match of the year was the um, 30-count match for the KOPW with uh, Shingo and Taichi because I had never seen it before, and it was thrilling. And that's what I want. That's what I want in my wrestling. I want unpredictability, and I want uh, excitement and energy that just comes at the plus of a sports fan. So I freaking loved it. I'm scoreboard watching. I'm counting along with Red Shoes it was the most creative most interesting match i've i've called in a long long time obviously being able to call ftr uh for me as a tag team aficionado and purist to a certain extent not a snob but i know how it's supposed to be done being able to call that match just the way that they did they do their style of tag team wrestling is was was remarkable and you know having the having the enjoyment the uh of being able to see the foreigners, especially the juniors, that those that came over for the first time and kind of living through their eyes. And, you know, just like Alex Zane, the way he had such a blast and uh, the guys in the G1 who made their way over for the first time. The, you know, how about, you know, moment of the year for me was Okada and Jonah in Osaka with the torpedo off the top rope. And, you know, the shock silence and the from the crowd. As the one, two, three happen, um, yeah, it's been it's been a uh, a year filled with with great moments, and I think now one of the most important things is that they've got some newer, fresher faces back from excursion, and I think that Ren Narita's words, where he said, you know, it's going to be the changing of the guard. I don't think that that was just some empty cliche. I think that's that's actually what we're going to see over the next few years.
3: Yeah, I think this wrestle Kingdom kind of speaks to that a little bit. Look, uh, I mean, again, we love this product. We we've done this for in versions of this podcast for many years. Seven. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so being a fan of product, that, that kind of does mean we have to be a little bit critical, uh, of, course. Of, of things. What do you think New Japan or where do you think New Japan has kind of fallen short this year? Um, <gasps> aside from clap crowds and pandemics, but but where do you think that they missed the mark?
1: Well, it was not a year that was plagued by injuries. 21 was an injury-filled year and a COVID year. And, you know, so I put an asterisk by that and by 20. This year, I felt there was a sense of complacency hmm. with with some members of the roster. Okay. Um, not the main eventers, so to speak. But there was a lot of sameness in matches, and there was a noticeable increase in creativity and different styles of matches when we saw the foreigners come over. Now, I don't necessarily mean better. I'm, I'm Again, wrestling is a flavor of ice cream. But if you keep giving me vanilla day after day, I'm going to get sick of vanilla, and I love vanilla. Right. So change it up change the flavors a little bit. And I may not like strawberry, but at least I appreciate that it's different. And I think that's where something, it's a little bit like CMLL. CMLL, to me, and I'm looking at it from an outsider, 30,000 foot view, it's kind of like a tourist attraction. People go to Arena Mexico, the wrestlers go out there and play the hits, and everybody has a good time because they got to see wrestling in Arena Mexico. But there isn't like, a bunch of moving pieces and different stuff it's kind of on you know a little bit on you know repeat so i think one of the things that we need to get back to is the unpredictability of wrestling period and that the reliance on just playing the hits isn't necessarily enough right especially when we're in cork and all the time or in these venues on a frequent basis if you play if you're if KISS doesn't – if KISS comes around more than once a year, it's not special. No. Okay? So if we're in a building that we're in the building all the time, you don't have to play the hits. Sometimes you do something different. And I, I just feel like there's a little bit of that, you know, this is what we're doing. We're putting our wrestling costume on. We're going out there and wrestling for a little while because this is our job. And I want to feel like I'm getting back to competition over something that matters. I get it occasionally, but I don't get it enough for my taste.
3: Now, do you think that's more the people that are in the ring or do you think that's more yes. management? Okay.
1: No, I think it's the people in the ring.
3: Yeah. Um, some of these surprises and some of this, this, uh, freshness that you talked about that does kind of tread on strong territory. Um, guys like bed do Tito and Alex Zane, Kevin Knight, um, who surprised you and who has impressed you the most uh, that you maybe wouldn't have expected 12 months ago?
1: Well, you mentioned Kevin Knight. And having just seen him in the Super Junior Tag League, I can tell you from seeing him, uh, what was it, a, two years ago on Strong to now, I don't know if I've ever seen a wrestler improve as much uh, refinement of skills. He was... The proverbial puppy with big paws. He was a wild horse. You never knew what he, where he was going, where he was going to land, if he was going to land. You didn't know. And I was like, this guy, if he can slow down and figure things out, he's going to be awesome. And if not, he's either going to hurt himself or hurt somebody else or both. Uh, but boy, oh boy, what a – just uh, – you can really see it. And the comfort level. Mm-hmm. that he has um, gay kid brought different in world tag league, especially that last night with Suzuki brother. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what the plan was, but it was different. Right. <laughs> and throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks is nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. When you're a young guy, if um, you want some of the, you know, the veterans of course, who have their spots already set in stone, they need to, I think, adopt a little bit of that. Don't be afraid to take a chance on something because it might work and you're not going to get hurt. But, man, the young guys tore it up. Uh, Bad Dude Tito, where do these diamonds in the rough come from that Brocky's that found? From Kratos to Bad Dude Tito. I mean, these guys aren't even – before Strong, Kratos wasn't on the wrestling radar. I'd never heard of him.
3: Kevin, he was a and joke it, it, to us. He was, he was literally a punchline, and then he
1: blossomed, <laughs> you yeah. know? And and he's got. I think he's going to have a big year in 23. And and Dude Tito, who got over instantly in Japan. How about Tom Lawler too? I mean, right. the way those guys got over during uh, Tag League, or rather during the G1, was amazing. And I think the fans appreciated. They were finally seeing somebody different. Uh, they wanted freshness. It's been the same, same roster, same lineup for two years. Amazing. And it, it, time to change it up, man. And plus, it's an eight. Listen. We're sports guys. We know you got an aging roster and it, you've got a bunch of, you know, kids down on the farm system that are ready to play. Um, you got to give them the ball. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sorry if that means that the veteran who's delivered for year after year after year and is a Hall of Famer, uh, his playing time is going to be diminished. But such is the case. we got to keep the seats full in the ballpark. And we still think we've got enough for a winning lineup no matter what. So put these young kids out there, let them go to town, uh, let them get over, and see what happens. But yeah, I think I I think there's changes. It's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be, you know, come in and sweep uh, everybody out the door. Uh, It's going to be gradual. And as those new faces are in, you know, all of a sudden, you know, when we get together next year, wow, this is you know the roster's a lot different than it was constructed at the. You know, at the beginning of 23 as opposed to the end. Is that a scary
3: time for a pro wrestling promotion? Like knowing that, okay, we we need to create these new stars and we need to do it sooner than later. Like, is that a scary thing for because you mentioned Hall of Famers and and people needing to take a back back seat? But they're the ones that have consistently drawn throughout the years. Like, is that is that a I don't want to say troubling, but like, is that a concerning time for a promotion?
1: Any time a wrestling roster needs flipped, it's always an unsettling time. Um, Veterans are, and I'm not saying this is the case for New Japan, but you've got veterans who are, you know, a lot of times in the states we hear about guys protecting their spots and not wanting to help the young guys get over. I don't get the sense with that. In fact, I, you know, I was pleasantly not surprised. I was pleasantly pleased. Uh, to see Shota and Naito get into it. Because that to me seems like okay, and at the end of this, Shota's gonna be further along than he was when he came back from excursion. When he first walked out at Korikan, it was silence. Like nobody knew him. It was weird. Uh, but but then by the end of the second night on the you know year end shows, he was the people were into him much more. So it's going to take time. It's going to take the right buy in from the veterans to say, okay, I understand, and now we're going to, you know, begin to move forward to get these young guys in place. I, you know, I don't want to see Tenzan, uh hobbling around. I don't want to see Honma hobbling around all the time. I want to see them every once in a while because it's nice and special when we do see them, but if they're mainstays on every card, it doesn't work, and I'm moving some of the members of the, of the third generation out And having them take dates in NOAA and All Japan, etc., I think is good. Um, But at the same time, uh, the the better part of that for New Japan is that it opens up spots for other people. Um, With the borders open, there's no more excuses. There's talent all around the world that we've had ready to go. And now it's time to put them to work and let them do what they do best. So, uh, yeah, I think that for, you know... because, again, if all well, the houses are down, you know, then, of course, the finger gets pointed back at the people who are set in the lineups. Mm-hmm. And I think that they they always have a steady hand and a and a trust that what they're doing is going to work. Um, and if everything stays consistent and everybody's healthy, then I think everything will be fine.
2: Now, uh, you mentioned House of Torture earlier, and you actually said to us last year when we spoke to you on the podcast that, it was up to the good guys to you know, step up their game in order to combat Evil and, and Dick Togo and co. And they've absolutely done that. So I'll give you uh, a chance to take your victory lap, Kevin, and just talk to us a bit about how your enjoyment, I say, I say use that term loosely, uh, of, of House of Torture matches has shifted in 2022, if at all. Because with things like the Toguchi versus Show Banana match and the Best of the Super Juniors, the Evil versus Zach TV title semi-final with the Young Lions getting involved, it feels to me that they are a, a very different entity to the one that had people tearing their hair out last year uh, and of course they're not on the wrestle kingdom main card at all so you know with cheering back do you think uh, they have a place on the card uh,
1: well now i think it's on them because especially during the tag leagues they became the keystone cops the gang that couldn't shoot straight and that's not right either um they they were Setting the traps and the snares, and then stepping on the bomb themselves. It, it, you know, Wiley e. Coyote is, you know, the the blueprint it would seem for what the House of Torture is doing lately. For me, that doesn't work either. But I do enjoy laughing at them, and you know, uh, telling the story of Jesus with their combined record in the tag leagues. If that was, you know, if that's if they were what one and seven going into last night and you know, managers get fired for records like that. Is there no accountability within Bullet Club? House of Torture, you know, are they so secure within Bullet Club that nobody's going to look? How can Jay White as leader of Bullet Club and the House of Torture being a subgroup, how can Jay White sit there and say, oh, these guys are good and loyal and whatever? They suck. Their, Their record is what their record is. So I enjoy it because now we get to laugh at them and we also don't have to put up with them in as many big spots, I'll give them the, the never sixes. Sure. They can do that. But until they fresh it up their act, um, now, because, but I just, you know, I think the lowest point of the year for me was that dog cage, uh um, mm. six man. I welcome to the just, club. Yep. <laughs> that was, that was not good. And, uh, hated it. So was happy when it was over. Um, you know, I want, There needs to be an element of bad, but there also can't be elements on both sides of stupid. Because if either side is stupid, then people will just go, ah, who cares? And if you fall for the trick that the stupid guy puts on you, then you're stupid. Um, And stupid doesn't draw. Stupid is never over. Um, So everybody's smart enough, but, you know, and if uh, Clark Connors did it on the last night, and they lost as a result. He had the wrench in his hand. And he threw the wrench down. And then he went to fight in uh, House of Torture. And it was one shot, one shot, one shot. And then he got shut down. Well, you had a wrench in your hand. And the referee was down. Why didn't you just wallop everybody? That's dumb. Yeah. Don't be dumb.
3: Don't be dumb. That's that's,
1: that's
3: well, Not on this podcast, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kevin, when is this bullet club civil war that we've maybe we've kind of talked ourselves into it happening maybe we've heard from other people that that was the direction that we would see soon do you see that in the near future and with all these breadcrumbs all over in these different promotions like is the is the juice worth the squeeze at this point
1: i don't i i don't sense a civil war at all. I mean that was the story going into last year's New Japan Cup. And I thought we settled it when everybody chose Team J. And as a result, Tama, especially Tama. What a, you know, fresh coat of paint on him. Yeah. Um I think it's I I don't sense that they're on the verge of breakup. Uh as as we sit here and speak before Wrestle Kingdom. Of course I could be completely wrong. But i i just don't see that happening uh you know i mean it could right absolutely but that was the story last year i don't i don't think that would be the story this year
3: yeah it just seems it would be
1: tiresome it it would would be tiresome to do it again i would agree (laughs) because i would just be like all right when let us know when it's over because (laughs) uh, i can't you know i can't sit there and and uh have uh you know squabbling across the Schoolyard. I it, just fight each other or whatever. Get right. along or shut up. Right. Do what you got to do. Let's transition
3: yeah. to this year's Wrestle
1: Kingdom, uh-huh
3: which I think our me Joel and I think our listeners are super excited for. And it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, this card seems tight. Zero fat. A lot of Agreed. steak Um, but with that, it, you even mentioned that that some standouts needed to take a back seat, like. Ishi or shingo or i mean do you see this as that show that bridge to a new era in new japan
1: i i do but i there's a caveat to that because it is wrestle kingdom it's taken on a little bit more this year for me a little bit more of a wrestlemania feel where some Outsiders are taking some big spots, which we've seen over the last few years, especially with Jericho, uh, you know, and now Kenny coming back. That would have been tailor-made for a Shingo or an Ishii against a Will Ospreay. And and those matches would be great. But instead, we get Kenny coming back. Okay. Then another match on the card is for the, the IWGP Women's Championship, Tam Nakano against Kyrie. Awesome. Great. History-making. But that's a that's a match that would be, in years past, not on Wrestle Kingdom, and therefore we would need to have another match, and that might be the spot for uh, a Tai Chi or some of those guys to be involved in. the uh, the the thought the school of thought, even though we don't know any names, is that everybody that we're talking about and, and more will be part of the Rambo, which is cool because it's the KOPW launch. And then the final four go to Dash and wrestle for the new belt. No more trophy. So I think that. And then also the Renderita-Zack Sabre Jr. match around a new title that was created. That gives us another kind of match. And uh, I think some people would have, you know, if it was uh, Katsuyori Shibata, whose you know name continues to come up. It's like, when are we going to see him? And I don't know the answer to it. I do know. Shibata wants to come back and wants to wrestle. We're seeing that, you know, coming up here, what, tomorrow night as mm-hmm. we record? Um, so, yeah, there there's, there's obvious names that are not part of the main Wrestle Kingdom card that we would love to see. But there is no fat. It's trimmed down to one day. And as a result, we're going to get a show that starts 3.30 local time and probably won't be over until 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um which for me is totally fine, um, you know, five and a half six hour Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I mean we're starting the main show with the junior, uh, the junior tag titles, as it should be. So it it's kind of going back to some traditions, but at the same time, it's got a little bit more star power from outside forces. And of course, you know the rumors about Sasha Banks or who you know, Mercedes. <laughs> uh, you know, she continues to. You know she's garnering headlines is everybody speculating about whether or not we'll see her at, at wrestle Kingdom? i I have no idea, but um it, so so there is yes, there is a little bit of that celebrity vibe outside star vibe that makes this wrestle Kingdom for me a little bit different, but at the same time, like you said, there's something for everybody, and there's a lot of meat on the bone in terms of the money matches. I think one of the biggest matches in Japan is the four-way match for the junior title. I think there is more intrigue in that in Japan than there is worldwide, even though, of course, you know, it's people are interested in it. But that match is going to draw a uh, considerable interest from the Japanese fans. Yeah, I think even, even Western fans, too. Yeah, yeah, but th- more so than Kenny Omega's return. hmm. Okay. I, I I mean that. I think that Kenny Omega's return means more to the worldwide audience and, as a result, a bigger draw. But in terms of Japan itself, they love those four guys, right. and they want to see them. They have no idea what's going to happen, and they just want to see it. So I think that those four guys have done an awesome job of setting setting the table for what we're going to see on January 4th.
3: Kevin, your answers give me so many questions, and I literally had three lined up, and now I'm going to have to move one up. God damn no. it! no <laughs> um, ask
1: away please no wait,
3: wait, wait, well let's start here first um is there do you find and again this podcast we like to think is a, is a nice voice for those western fans to express their love and 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 concerns with new, new japan do you think that we miss the boat when it comes to what the japanese fans like as opposed to what we like
1: No, I don't think so, but uh, because you're not Japanese fans, Uh, you know what I mean? So it's you, you, you are seeing what you're seeing and you are uh, voicing your opinions based upon how you feel, your eyes are your eyes, Um, that a lot of, and this is one of the things that to where we don't have as much immediacy on a lot of this stuff with translations and uh, things like that. They do the best they can. But we haven't spent, we being on the production side, let's say, I don't think we've spent enough time delving into the hows and whys of what makes this four-way match, for example, so interesting to the Japanese fans. What are we missing? That's up to us to tell that story. And I think we've done, you know, it's it's a, you know, because we got Kashida waiting in the wings, which is easy. They could have done Kushida versus Ishimori at Wrestle Kingdom and it would have been great. Or they could have thrown Kushida in instead of Master Watto. But now they're holding off on Kushida because he was you know, uh, on, the, on the illness list with hand, foot, and mouth disease. And if anybody's ever had kids and has gotten that, it sucks. Yes. I never had it, but friends no. of mine did. Yeah. And, you know, babies just walk around touching their Touching their poo and touching their mouth and then you get it and it's like oh jesus um
3: i think joel has yeah, it right so now i think joel has joel it right yeah
1: joel <laughs> you know kids coming out every other day now he's got you know i know he's so fertile <laughs>
3: I, it's unbelievable
1: right he's like you know he's, uh, he'll have an nba squad before too long um but i'm i'm i i understand the you know, we want to hear more from Kenny Omega. We want to hear more. You know, we don't do enough with the AEW guys. There's not enough uh interaction between uh, Switchblade Jay White and Okada. I get it. I agree with you. It's it's lacking in that regard. Uh and and I think that's one of the reasons why the junior title match is garnering attention in Japan because those guys have been consistent on cards and have been working opposite each other since October. So It's kind of been beaten into their heads, man. This match is happening January 4th. Did you know? It's the matchup graphic at the bottom of every match that any of the four are involved in. So the promotion has done a great job of selling an easy-to-sell match. But for the Western fans, they need a little bit more. They need the explanation of the why. And we, as the producing arm of, of New Japan Pro Wrestling, we have not, I don't think, done enough in that regard.
3: Now you mentioned the name Shibata, so I have to ask: This is a guy that has been pretty much everywhere <laughs> except a New Japan Ring, right? What's what, what is the story here?
1: I do not know. No, I I I um, I talked to Shibata a while ago, and he was excited about his impending return, and he didn't explain. How, when, or why, well, I guess it wound up being an AEW. And that to me was sort of like a, that's a miss. It's yeah. a big miss. It's good for, for AEW. It's good for New Japan fans to watch AEW, but at the same time, that's not what we want. That's not what fans want. Fans want Shibata to come back in and reclaim his spot. Uh, I think Shibata, and this is just my opinion, I think Shibata feels He's good enough, healthy enough to reclaim his old spot, that whatever has happened in the past is in the past, and he feels great, he feels 100%, and he should be able to go. But we know from history that Shibata went his own path once in his career, and then came back to New Japan several years later. He doesn't have that much time now, but that might be the scenario that we're looking at.
2: You mentioned uh, Mercedes Bernardo, uh, Sasha Banks earlier as well. Are you ready for if she does turn up, her fan base, her extremely vocal online fan base? Are you prepared for that?
1: <laughs> oh, I, I, uh, I was unaware. That, pardon my ignorance. I was unaware that she had a vocal fan base, more so than any other wrestler's fan base. Are they? Are they? vociferous in their opinion they certainly are <laughs> are they combative are they a combative oh, lot they can be they they certainly can be Kevin well not with me all right I'm just making sure that you're going to be okay
3: with it what are they going to say I don't know they'll send you emojis or something I don't know what the fuck they do
1: <laughs> well listen you send them's fighting emojis you know I'm not I'll draw a line at the emoji but no she's a freaking star she's awesome she's an awesome wrestler. I've known her since she was a teenager. I, she, she attended a seminar of mine when before she was anything. Mm. And I just remember like, wow, this little girl, man, she's awesome. And then, you know, saw all of her great moments in WWE and was like, wow, that's so cool that I met her when she was just a teenager. And now here she is, this bona fide worldwide star. I think it's cool.
2: Yeah, absolutely is. I mean, I'll give him Joel's
1: number if they get too uppity.
3: Yeah, yeah, send them his way. Really,
1: just my man Joel is taking taking well the the Mercedes Renato questions.
3: Yeah, he can handle them. I can't. I'm, I'm, you know me. I can't
2: do. Yeah, I'm the lightning rod for the podcast. I've done it before. I'll do it again. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's uh, talk about Carl Anderson then. He's been a very controversial figure for the last six months. Obviously, everybody hates uh, him, and I don't get it. Well, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you. I mean, with the benefit of hindsight, do you think New Japan made the right call in bringing him in? Like, was there a net benefit for the company here?
1: Well, I, I mean, I don't have the balance sheet in front of me, but I, I don't see the harm. I don't see the I don't see the bad that it did. Um, it set up a Wrestle Kingdom match between uh, former Core Four members of Bullet Club. And Carl fired the first shot, then stole the never title, uh, then kept it in controversial fa- fashion uh over two challengers and now goes to Wrestle Kingdom and defends it against the man who he stole it from. And it should be a great match with a ton of callbacks and history because of their days together as the founding members of Bullet Club. It, it's really nothing more than that i i I don't get the hate I really don't be, people are entitled to their opinion you guys of course uh you know that better than anybody but I just don't I don't get it um, I think it's I look the, at Carl Anderson, I look at Carl Anderson as one of the most important wrestlers uh one of the most important foreign wrestlers in new Japan uh he has to be in the top ten all time because of his longevity and the things that he did. The matches that he had, uh, Bullet Club, good, bad or indifferent, it was a it's a worldwide T shirt selling phenomenon. And he's a he's got a proven track record of of top notch work. So I you know, I think it's a uh you know, maybe he slowed down a little bit, but he's in his forties. And but I still I I get it. I understand and I and I see both sides. I really
2: I do, but I disagree. Okay, and uh, you also talked about the main event. You talked about Jay White. Looking at the build for Kazuchika Okada versus Jay White, I think, you know as you mentioned, it's fair to say a lot of excitement among the Western fan base at least uh, lies elsewhere on the card. How do you feel about the main event, and and Jay White in particular? Because it feels like something's missing there, doesn't it? Well, I feel like Jay is,
1: he more so than anybody else, has voice the frustration of the foreign wrestler and the hypocrisy and the lack of common sense that these rules in Japan have. And, and that's, that's Jay's personality. He's a question asker. He doesn't follow the rules blindly. If you tell him to do something, his first thing is, well, why? Why are we doing this? And I appreciate that. Uh, wise beyond his years for that, in that regard. And a little different than what we're used to in, you know, the culture and, you know, seeing New Japan pro wrestlers. So he's, you know, kind of done things his own way in that regard. And I think he's frustrated with uh, the way things are, you know, making noise, et cetera. Plus, he's been in spots where there's been no cheering. And there's been other times where I felt like if he would have been there, it might have been a different story. If he would have been in a... um You know Nagoya, where the fans could make noise, or at a Korakuen at a cheering event, you almost would have said, "Okay, we've got cheering in this one. Let me make sure I got Jay on this card. Uh, We don't have cheering here. We don't need Jay." Um, Just because I'm, I sense his frustration and I feel it, and I don't want that from the world champion. I want the world champion to be in control of everything, which is what he likes, and he's not in control of, you know, fans being able to make noise.
3: Not for nothing, Kevin, but um, he's uh, he's living the life right now on that farm oh. and just living the life with his girlfriend. It's unbelievable.
1: Why would he? Yeah. Why would he go? <laughs>
3: why? Well,
1: why would he? When he, you know, is he? Does he have to defend the world title? No. All right, okay. I'm gonna sit my happy ass here and you know, in Florida, raising chickens and cutting grass and just chilling out.
3: Yeah. He's living the life. I, I I think we're all living through him, through his Instagram. Um, look, I think everyone's excited for it. I know everyone's excited for it. And, yes. and It's finally buzzworthy once again for New Japan. The buzz is buzzable? The buzz, as we like to say, is buzzable. I hope Good. you use that at least once on record. I will have to now because you've said it. <laughs> the buzz is buzzable. Did,
1: did you think that you –
3: called your last Kenny Omega match years ago, or did you think it was just a matter of time before you wrestled in a New Japan ring again?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I thought about it. And, uh, you know, at first at first blush, you say, oh, yeah, that was probably it. But then, ah, something will change. Somebody will make nice with somebody. Everything will be all right. And Kenny will come back for a big show here or there. You know, we had to, we had to believe that that would happen. Uh, Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people thought they would never see Kenny in Japan again. I never heard it from anybody within the company, but certainly with what Kenny's doing now, would there be a reason for him to come back to New Japan? Well, there's a reason now. And I, I think that that's pretty cool. Love it. Is Will
3: Ospreay, and again, going into this, this match, it won't count in our year end awards. But do you think he's New Japan's wrestler of the year?
1: Has to be, yeah,
3: unbelievable, right? Is it one of the best years that you've ever seen
1: in a pro wrestler? Especially when you consider his health, right? Uh, What he's done from the how great was you know you get a you get a controversial decision once or twice, maybe once, but there were three matches in a row that had questions surrounding the referees call and there was legitimacy to Will Ospreay's bitch. Uh, You know, did he really uh, tap out against Zack Sabre jr. So every time he lost, there was a question surrounding it. Uh, it, The the match with David Finley to me, when you saw that, I was like, okay, I mean, Finley was great. Finley is great, but there is no one else like Will Ospreay. Uh, It's just, it's ridiculous. And, He's a little banged up in the G one, um, and that affected him a little bit. But I, I he pulled it together and was able to, you know, have that incredible finale with Okada. Uh, but yeah, it was wow, it was something else.
3: And not only in ring, but like just outside his presence again. You know, that Empire being a, a, a maybe a big factor in that. Like, he just seems like every year he's improving upon himself. And then, I mean, where do you go from here?
1: Well, I think you just continue to build upon the success. And at some point, uh, you know, there's going to be a dump truck of money driven up to his house um, by somebody who's going to try to secure his services. And it's, you know, it's going to be a decision that he's going to have to make. Um, Maturing. Uh, We've seen a a more mature Will Ospreay. He is – and I don't think he gets enough credit for this because it's not something that we talk about on air or he talks about. But he's one of the most selfless when it comes to we should give this guy a shot. I think he's great. And that's kind of the people that he surrounded himself with in the United Empire, which makes the faction organic. And makes it, you kind of root for these guys because, and, you know, let's face it, they're, they're not bad guys. They don't break the rules. They wrestle aggressively, but they pretty much just win on, you know, they win or lose with athleticism. And then if you go back and you watch World Tag League when, when Aaron Hanare and the great O'Conn wrestled Aussie Open, and Aussie Open gets the win, and then Gideon Gray gets on the mic and, basically says what Will Osprey would have said in that situation, which is this is the way that this needs to be done. That when you have as much at stake as these guys do, and regardless of who your relationship is with, you fight to the death. You fight because this means everything and not just in wrestling, but no matter what you do in your life. And I was like, hell yeah, I can't stand Gideon Gray. But, man, that was awesome. Um, and and that's the philosophy that Will Ospreay has. You're going to be, yeah, some things may not work out, but just freaking go balls to the wall and give it everything you've got. And, it, you know, that gambate kudasai kind of was a mantra. And I, I felt like, you know, some guys maybe need to listen to what Osprey is preaching because it's really good. And he's, you know, he's uh, he's had a fantastic year to back it up.
2: Now you talk there about the very strong possibility that other companies are going to come sniffing around and offers are going to be made. And you know, with the likes of Carl Anderson and Jonah and Fred Rosser making their way or, or thinking about making their way back to WWE and, and other promotions for that matter, do you think New Japan needs to work harder to stop this from happening or is it just part and parcel of the business? Part and parcel of the business. I think that
1: Jonah's role was written before he got there. Now, did the change in management going back to Triple H, did that open things up? I believe so. And I think Triple H has done an outstanding job of, you know, look at what Carl Anderson appearing at Wrestle Kingdom, Shinsuke Nakamura appearing in NOAA on January 1st. And listen, if, they, if they're willing to work with New Japan, New Japan will be willing to work with them. And I don't think anybody would cry or complain. So I, I think that, yeah, there is going to be some of that, Uh some of the guys that, Vince may not have seen anything in that that Triple H does. And that's just, that's business. Um, It's up to New Japan to not be, you know, Uh, poor-mouthing. You can't not pay people equal to or, you know, close to what they're making in WWE, which is a lot of money, and then cry and complain and say, well, you know, we just can't compete. No, I'm sorry, you're not the Pittsburgh Pirates. Come on. Right. Um, I don't I don't need you to be the New York Mets all hail but <laughs> I also I also you know you can't have it both ways so yeah there's going to be there is going to be some some roster movement and some people who go back or come over we don't know it used to you know again for what the past two years it's been roster attrition on their part with everybody wanting to leave and now everybody wants to go back and all it took was a change of management so uh, New Japan is always kind of in, in that, it's that steady spot that you know, you're going to work hard. You know, you're going to get over. You're going to get new eyes on you. You're going to be a bigger star than after you come here. Uh, you may not, you're certainly not going to get as rich as if you were in WWE in a top spot, but you'll be well compensated for, for what you do. And then if you decide to leave, that's up to you.
2: Now, speaking of these collaborations with other companies, I mean, we've seen New Japan working closely with a whole range of promotions in 2022. They've worked with Noah, uh, Stardom, AW, RevPro, Glate, Impact. Where do you think New Japan have gained the most? And do you have your eye on any of these partnerships in particular for 2023?
1: Well, obviously, I think in terms of uh, the North American fan base, you have to say AW because they have i mean that forbidden door show was was awesome it was great just for what it was and i think that if there's more of that um you know more matches more build up more let you know let's really put a plan together to how we're going to line everything out and we can't just throw it together last minute then it's just going to continue to grow and continue to be great um obviously stardom is um, special and I, I you know i i I've, it's been written about quite a bit quite extensively and rightfully so history it's you know having that first uh crossover show and and now you know Kyrie and Tam Nakano at the at the dome in a singles match for you know an IWGP women's title 5 years ago people were screaming for that well now we're there now we got it and i think that's really awesome I'm not sure I had more hopes for the NOAA uh, partnership I don't know if we're gonna see as much of that we might see more I'm not sure but I, I think that um, that would be that would be just interesting especially for the Japanese fans because those guys it's very much a, a niche audience in in North America but obviously Western fans do know, who their top stars are, if they're a, you know, a fan of new Japan. But I think in terms of, uh, Japan, Japan, wow. I mean, those are dream matches that you want to see. We gave them a little, little taste of it last year and fans have wanted to see it again.
3: Do you sense that a, we'll see another forbidden door show and B would that be more than likely in the U S or in Japan? Well,
1: the, I obviously see a second Forbidden Door. I mean, it was such a financial success. Uh, I think it has to. Having it in Japan would be interesting. I hadn't thought about it prior. Um, I'd be interested to see if the AEW guys are as over in Japan outside of Moxley, outside of Kenny Omega. I mean, the you know the middle of the card. Uh, guys that are really popular with the AEW fan base, I'd be interested to see if they got what kind of reaction they would get in Japan. Would the people know, uh, scissor me daddy ass, you know, would, would they understand the acclaimed? Would they get, would they get an Orange Cassidy in Japan? I'm, I'm not sure. I think they would. I think the you know, especially when like Tom Lawler came out and they, they got with the filthy clap right away. They were doing that whole deal and, they they knew his act when he showed up, so maybe I don't give them enough credit for being as worldly uh, as as Western fans. But yeah, I think it it could be in either spot. I'd be interested to see how the reaction would be. But obviously, there's a much bigger pay per view market in the U S. And if we're talking about you know a million dollar gate, we're talking about you know a significant uh, audience on pay per view. It may need to be in the U S.
3: Wells Fargo Center. Uh, WrestleMania weekend might be a nice spot. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Good luck getting that venue. But well, uh, yeah, your point your point's about that. But it, I don't think we need to chase the fans. I think the fans I think the fans would come. What if it was an MSG? Sure. I mean I we're mean, due. That, right? Yeah. It we're due. We were supposed to have one in, in twenty and, and that all got shut down, but why not? And what might that mean? I don't think it would be the financial success that the United Center show was just because the costs in New York are so extravagant, but I, could you pull a million and a half dollars out of 18,000 people and to come to MSG? Yeah, probably. And I I think there would be, there's, there's cachet with running that venue. So yeah, I think it would be, it would be great and would draw fans from all over the world. Um, AEW doesn't quite have that, you know, we must travel to see this big show a little bit for their pay-per-views, but not as much as it was when they first started. That was just people on – that was like a dead tour, you know, making right. pilgrimages uh, far and beyond their normal uh, – you know, if, hey, if WWE is in my town, I'll go see it. But they were traveling. They were taking flights to do that. Not the, you know, now it needs to be – now it's just more steady. Um, but, yeah, something like that in an MSG would be freaking awesome. For the first
3: time in your travels to Japan uh, for a Wrestle Kingdom show that you are working, Hiroshi Tanahashi is not in a singles match, um, and again, not fu- not wrestling for uh, a major title, but he is in arguably the highest. I guess I don't want to say marquee match to a Japanese audience, but there's a lot there. There's there is a ton there. Is that weird for you? And again, it kind of harkens back to, is this sort of a passing of the torch? Uh,
1: yes and no, because the Mudo match is unique. And were it, were it not for uh, Keiji Mudo's retirement, would we be doing uh, a special match involving him and, and taking Naito and Tanahashi off the table? Uh, it's fair, and I think it's part of the story. I, I do appreciate the fact that, you know, we do get to tell that story. I could imagine under a much more controlled environment, let's say, in Stanford, we might not be able to tell that story. But we're we're able to, and it, we have to shine the light that it deserves because of who Tanahashi is and, and his track record of big matches, what, since 2005? uh you know in Tokyo Dome it's like this is the house that Tanahashi built in the modern era so you know it went from 6000 to 26000 to 36000 to then 70000 over two nights with Tanahashi being instrumental in all of that growth so i think that it can be uh it it's not the end uh and obviously the but the beginning of the end has been the wheels have been in motion for this over the last few years So, uh, it's not the long goodbye, but it's the long, okay, he might get one more run. We could, we could buy him chasing one more time at the top. He might even get it. And if he does, then we celebrate that moment. We just, you know, he goes out on his own terms whenever he's ready and he's given everything that he has and then some. So I, I just want him to always be, he's always going to be treated like a star because he is. And. He's in a, an extremely high-profile match, but you look at the way that, you know it's set up with, uh, you know, Keiji Mudo, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Shota Umino. Okay, so there, yeah. I mean, obviously, we are setting the table for uh, the generation past, the generation present, and the generation future in that match.
3: Where uh, and again, I know Joel, we're we're you're, you'll take it from here, but where would you put Hiroshi Tanahashi? You've worked with some literally legends of this business, where would you put Hiroshi Tanahashi on your list?
1: He's equal to The Undertaker. Uh, You know, The Undertaker for me gets my vote of all-time greatest wrestling star. Wrestling star. Uh, Obviously, uh, Hulk Hogan and The Rock and then Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ric Flair, number four, those, but Flair more in the wrestling category, but as of late, of course, he's been much more of a societal thing. Everybody, everybody woos and you hear it in every venue and everybody knows that's Ric Flair. Um, but when you look at just the workhorse and the, they're reliable and consistent. And then again, how many times business was down in WWF and they had to put, you know, we had to get the Undertaker heated up again and here he goes uh and we need a big batch for WrestleMania and here he goes so yeah i i i put him equal to that in that level of greatness and then of course in Japan he's much more like a Hulk Hogan uh you know he is one of the biggest stars of all time in wrestling in totality specifically in Japan and still makes you believe still makes still makes me believe and that's part of the magic of of wrestling.
2: So, looking ahead to 2023, let's have your hot take predictions. What are you most excited oh. about? Who's going to be the dark horse, or anything else that you might happen over the next 12 months?
1: Well, let's think. Um, so, I already gave you my Forbidden Door at MSG. I don't have any intel on that, but that would be an awesome spot for that. Um, I think that the members of Suzuki Goon will I think there might be a couple of people absorbed into another faction, uh, other factions, but i don't I don't see like Tai Chi in Hontai or Bullet Club. I think Tai Chi, Despe uh, you know Kanamaro Doki, those four kind of do their own thing and become their own faction, something different over time. It won't have a name, but i I, I think over time. It will organically grow into what the next iteration of their previous faction would be. Different, of course, and hmm, what else? Uh, Let me think if we would see, all right, will we see a retirement in 23? I think that we might see a couple of the third generation guys step away Mm -hmm. um, over the next year or two. Um, is that a pastrami I,
3: sandwich, Kevin? <laughs> what,
1: what, what do you mean?
3: <laughs> is that a is that a, is that a uh, we use the term pastrami sandwich as a uh, pretty much a lock of happening?
1: Oh no, okay. I, I wouldn't No pastrami. I wouldn't, okay, I wouldn't go that far. All right. Um, but if you told me that a Togi Makabe might walk away over the next couple of years, it wouldn't shock me. If Tenzon, wouldn't shock me. Um, I think you know. I yeah, that would be. I would say those are probably your safest bets. Um, what else? Um, new more new names for uh best of Super Junior, for G One. Who else might I? I think the LA Dojo is gonna is in a state now where, and I was talking to uh, DKC about this that. I think there's going to be some new guys making their way into the L.A. Dojo just because now uh, Carl's not there anymore. Clark has, you know, graduated Coglin, Gabe Kidd, et cetera. Those guys have graduated. Kevin Knight seems to be, you know, he came in with black trunks, black boots, and then Kushida went and bought him matching gear, you know, Kevin Knight style gear. Uh, so that obviously means he can't go back to black trunks, black boots. So who's going to be next at the LA Dojo? We'll see some of that. Um, What else? I think – oh, this is just a, a random thought. I think that we're going to see more AEW guys on Strong in the coming year. Okay. And maybe it's got something to do with ROH. I don't hmm. know. That's just – I mean, because they're building this new brand, right? And if they're doing something on Honor Club, wouldn't it make sense for them also – to have some guys just be kind of part of, you know, why couldn't there be an ROH faction on new Japan strong? Sure. Just to have, just to have some presence on another vehicle outside of just honor club. So I, I think that that could be, that could be something happening. And that was just, that was just me thinking about that on the plane coming home after the last taping. Like, you know, cause I'd saw Tony's press conference and, where they're going to have ROH. And I think that's great. It's fine. It could be a compl- it doesn't need to be on, on broadcast television, cable television. It, it could be, you know, solely a, a, a internet product. And I, I think that's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I could see that happening. Um, and it, again, it would just, that would be a Tony Khan decision. But I, I think that uh, New Japan would be open to that. And obviously it would help freshen things up with Strong. And we don't know what kind of lineups they're gonna be able to put together in the new year because uh are will the mainstays of strong will they factor more in on new Japan cards in Japan to be determined. Um what else? I don't know. I don't really have a pastrami sandwich for you. <laughs> I mean it sounds like a
3: like a peppery ham to me. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> it's a peppery L- ham listen, I'll get I'll get that new smoker out and I'll oh. make something. And then I'll let you know have some have some brisket then and I'll I slice it oh. and you know the meat just falls apart and the juices are coming through.
3: Kev, come on,
1: stop that! Santa talk. Claus was good to me, yep. and you have to come to uh, the debut of well, the debut of uh, American Excellence Wrestling on January the seventh.
3: I was going at to mention the historic that
1: historic Hamburg Fieldhouse.
3: Yes, talk to me about that because. I'm excited for it. Uh, I will be in attendance. Woohoo! And I, and I think uh, many in the Philadelphia suburban area can take a little hike up to uh, the historic Hamburg Field House, where uh, correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of WWF tapings were there, right?
1: Uh, so much so that Vince Senior paid for and had hung a lighting rig to uh, for his television lights, and it's still in use. Wow! It's still hanging there, and it's been there since the 70s. That's awesome. So. Yeah, I mean the, the the wrestling history of this venue is is to uh to the television audience it's equal to the Dallas Sportatorium or the uh you know 106 North Albany the Tampa Sportatorium uh maybe the Olympic Auditorium for you know for to a certain extent great television venues over the years Hamburg field house it has to be at the top of the list it's a uh it's not just historic but it's also still to this day a vibrant uh great venue it we can seat fifteen hundred comfortably in there, and what we're doing is we're turning the table basically we're changing the culture of wrestling in Pennsylvania, which for the longest time since the death of e c w has been pitiful uh n- not making any stars. Not having any intriguing matches, every once in a while, a local indie would have a, a show coming up nearby where I live, which is like an hour west of Hamburg, and I would see the poster in the grocery store, and I would look and go, "Who the hell would go to this show under any circumstances, gun to my head, I wouldn't go to this, and I'd live in the town what are What are we doing well the the reason is is because somewhere along the way, everybody lost the plot. Uh, wrestling schools have been, uh, you know, up and down, and and uh, there's just been a lot of old carny elements that have been bred out, and in the absence of any sort of structure, uh, there has just been nothing. It's a state of 12 million people with 14 state-funded universities, and you mean to tell me that we can't get decent athletes who want to have a career in professional wrestling that would stay here instead of maybe going to train at Wrestle Pro or Create-A-Pro or Maryland Championship Wrestling or other schools around the country that are real feeders for uh, WWE, AEW, etc. And I say, you know, that that's not true, but this is what they've done. So we're changing the culture of Pennsylvania wrestling. We're also putting the emphasis not on super indie style matches, but we're just going to keep it very simple. It's minor league baseball. We want... 10,000 different people to maybe come to one or two events a year, just like they would with minor league baseball. Uh, you don't know who's playing. That's okay. We're here to support a charity. We're here to have a good, good night out. We're here to, uh, you know, go for a cause and, and we're coming up with the causes. So one of the first things we're working with is Keystone Military Families, which is a food bank specifically for like national guard troops, who get called up and then their families are kind of left like, well, what do we do now? Cause you know, dad had a great job and he left that job cause he got called up with his national guard commitment and he's going to be gone for X number of months. Th- those families need help. Yeah. So this is a food bank that we're helping with, you know, bringing canned goods in bringing and then monetary donations and things like that. We're doing a um, we're working with the special Olympics. We're going to have a bunch of special Olympians and their families in attendance. There's a Hamburg wrestling tournament. Hamburg Area High School is hosting a wrestling tournament on the day of January 7th, our first event. So we reached out. We called the the athletic director and we said, hey, if any wrestlers are interested in coming to our event, just show up and just tell us where you're from and you can get in for free. Um, We want those types of people to come to our shows. and So the first one is going to be Like, we're kind of dropping the cow. Like, we're doing everything. We've got a ton of people in. uh, Vendors are bringing in different, uh, you know, autographs uh, for purchase. Like, Deanna Perrazzo and Savio Vega and Miguel Perez, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez. There's there's a bunch of uh, stars that are going to be there. Just signing autographs. They're not part of the wrestling card. And then the wrestling card itself is going to be... A real tight array of, I think we got eight matches booked. That's too many matches for me, but such is the case. (laughs) Um, And it's going to be a lot of people that nobody's ever heard of before. But you know what? They know what their job is. And we're going to have good guys versus bad guys. Tell me that isn't crazy. You know, the the bad guy is going to be really bad. And the good guy is going to be really good. And the good guy is going to have to fight. Uh, And that's what people want. It's not poorly constructed uh would be sports entertainment matches because I've watched the crowds in Hamburg and they don't care. But you know what, when the guys start throwing hands and it starts feeling real, that's when the people get up. So that's what we're going to give them. It sounds very early
3: 90s uh east coast wrestling feel, you know, where those like your Kentners and your Carluzos and your Tommy Fierros, who would be running these shows for 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 the, these same reasons, is that was was that something that was missing for you personally getting involved in something like this? Yes. Um, yep. Yeah. Talk about that.
1: I've wa- I've wanted to do this for a while. I have, I've had that promoter itch, and I couldn't find the right venue or the right opportunity to get involved. It's the only thing that I haven't done in wrestling is promote my own shows. And now I'm doing it. I've got a lot of help. Don't get me wrong. But uh, the idea and and what I did was I came into an existing company and I got them to rebrand it and think differently. Let's stop trying to be sports entertainment light and let's give them wrestling. There's two dressing rooms that are not connected that we weren't using. I said, we're going to be using these dressing rooms now. And. The guys are going to have to figure it out. Hmm. Uh, I don't want a bunch of fake choreographed crap. I want real. And it doesn't have to be pretty. I don't care about pretty. I want to struggle. And out of it, the fans are going to get invested in it. And they're not going to know the people that are wrestling now. You know, they might. There's some local guys on there. Don't get me wrong. We didn't just completely get rid of everybody. But there are some – there's young guys that we're featuring that we are – going to have on every show. And so we're going to build around them. But they need experienced guys to come in and teach them what to do. So we found, again, we do you know, Bob Evans is booking with me and and so much of what we've done over the past ten years has been seminars and we've seen a lot of guys and it's like, wow, I would love to do something with him. Well now we've got the chance. So we got Derek Neal coming in. We've got John Schuyler coming in. Uh we've got over the next few months we're going to have a bunch of other experienced veterans that, uh, again, those diamonds in the rough that nobody's heard of. When the time is right, we'll have some some, uh, uh, L.A. Dojo, we'll have some Young Lions from there being on the shows. Um, you know, Rocky's probably going to come in at some point. Um, and so there'll be a little bit of something for everybody, but the real main interest is let's draw attention and shine a bright light on this incredible historic wrestling venue as well as the local community of Hamburg and all of the charities, and all of those uh, fundraising opportunities that we can work with. Because the more that we do that, the wrestling is secondary. If we can help other people, the fans will come. If we're just trying to promote wrestling, we'll be like everybody else that draws anywhere between 20 and a 100 people for their shows with the same 40-miler faces, every card, and it's like, okay, I've seen enough. Uh, I want something different, and this is finally getting to do what I want to do.
3: That is awesome. Listen, if you're in the Allentown, uh, again Hamburg, Harrisburg, Philadelphia suburbs, uh, Potstown, New Jersey, South Jersey, where I'm at, and I, again, I'm I'm taking the ride. It's not that far. Maybe like what an hour and a half yeah. for me. Uh, first event is going to take place on Saturday, January 7th. So I hope to see everyone at the historic Hamburg Field House. I will be there uh, with bells on, and I am so looking forward to it. And, and I'm actually really thrilled for you because I know that's, this is something that you have kind of working on, working on, working on, and f- to see it finally come to pass is going to be – got a busy January. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, I land on the 6th after the Dome on the 4th. Dome on the 4th, Dash on the 5th, Fly Home on the 6th, Hamburg and the debut of AXW on the 7th. Uh, then on the 8th, it's Farm Show. Then on the 9th. Uh, the uh, sugar fast begins. So I will be extremely miserable Ooh. uh, for a couple of weeks in January, but right. it's going to be worth it. All right. Kevin, thank you so Joel. much for I'm in, I'm insane, time. I'm oh, insane, Joel, right?
2: I'm insane. <laughs> Tell me. No, we're all going all to do it. I'm going to be back on the diet. This is, this is what happens over Christmas. I just eat until none of my work clothes fit me anymore. And then <laughs> I have, <laughs> you know, something's got to done. I either buy new clothes or go on a diet. And one of them is cheaper than the other. So hey, oh. That. And-
1: Hey, you know who's going to be sitting front row
2: on January 7th,
1: Damon? I'm hoping it's that that Gino Gambino. No, no, no. January 7th. Oh, ja- oh I will Amber, be. Me, You will be. Yeah. You and Eric, of course, will be there and others. Yes. But we, Hat Guy's going to be there.
3: Oh, no. Yeah. Really? I haven't yeah. seen him in years. I know. Oh, I'll tell you what. Him and uh, remember Stan? stay in the fan yes oh my god oh my god Unbelievable. good times good times good times kev.
1: It, it's gonna be awesome and hopefully we would see Gino and on january 4th i don't know maybe F- fingers crossed fingers crossed fingers crossed all right i I'm. Mean, uh, Joe, joe's awesome. gonna wrap it up do you have anything you gotta plug kev uh just if you want to listen send me i said this on the last couple shows of the year um if you you know what was your match of the year in New Japan? What was your moment of the year? I I gave you I told you mine. I said them on the broadcast. Who are your top tag teams of the year? I got the PWI list. I I made my own top three with FTR, Aussie Open, Bishamon, and I was right. Uh, the two finalists for World Tag League to, in the right to face FTR. So I look like a smart guy. But what do you what do you got? What do you want to hear? What do you want to see in the new year? Drop me a note at Real Kevin Kelly uh, on Twitter. Uh, I got a Facebook fan page, Kevin Kelly as well. So, uh, chime on there, jump on there and, and share your thoughts and, you know, cause I want to know what, I want to know what the peoples are thinking.
3: Uh, as do we, Kevin, it is always a pleasure. It has been a tradition for what, four or five years now. And yes. again, I, I, I don't want to speak for Joel, but I know that we, we truly appreciate it. And I know our listeners do and have fun on the fourth, have fun Yay. on the seventh. I'll see you there. I hope, I hope, uh, some brisket will be in a little uh, aluminum foil pouch, oh. and we'll be nibbling front row.
1: I'm uh, no, I won't have time to cook it. God, but come on! <laughs> I know, bro. Really. I'll be in Japan, but uh no. And then if and if anybody can't make it January seventh, we got another event on February eighteenth. We got dates all booked all the way through the end of two thousand twenty four, and by two thousand twenty five, we'll be doing seven 700, seven fifty to a thousand paid every show. Awesome! Uh, that's what I want to hear. Kevin, have a great trip. Enjoy yourself, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. You got it.
4: Hello, Voices of Wrestling listener. Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself how many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.